Welcome to WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft. Here is voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, former NFL scout John Dodds, and your host, Jeff Falconio. Now, welcome to the WTMJ.com Packers Draft Central. I am Jeff Falconio, as you heard, the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee joining us, and John Dodds uh, as well. Gentlemen, after months of speculation... <laughs> Uh, we finally reached it here. Night one of the NFL draft. The Green Bay Packers will select, uh, at least for the time being, 14th overall. The first of 12 picks for Green Bay between tonight, tomorrow night, and Saturday. Well, we made it, Wayne. We made it, and uh, I know this culminates a long uh, year of work for you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a lot of college football on Saturdays and everything else. And uh, John Dodge, you've been at every draft since uh, 1985. Um, which, uh, you know, they should put a banner up for that, for number one. But uh, at any rate, this is this going to be interesting to see how this whole thing breaks down. You've heard so many different scenarios. Um, there are only a handful of, of guys who can come in and make a difference right now in this draft, and uh, certainly the quarterbacks are, you know, at the top of the draft and probably will dictate how it goes mm. in the first round. Well, you know, when, when you look at the storylines here tonight and just the, the draft in general, and then when you look at where the Packers stand – um, Wayne, we've been doing draft shows, I think, since 2004, and I can't recall a year in which there was so much mystery around not only who the top five is going to be, even the overall number one. We don't really know what, what the Packers are going to do. And we, we know what their needs are, but will they stay pat at 14, considering the fact they have a dozen picks, a lot of ammunition to trade up if they wish? They could trade back. They could keep the number 14 pick, maybe trade back up into the late first round like they did in 2009. A lot of different scenarios here that we're looking at. And you know, Jeff, um, a lot of needs on this football team. And despite the fact that the Packers have in the last five drafts, uh, you know, drafted 27 defensive players. And when you look at that breakdown of defensive players, five came in the first round, five in the second round, three in the third round, seven fourth round draft choices uh, in those 27 selections since the start of the 2012 draft. That's a lot. A lot of capital spent on defense, and so far, and and I, I still I say so far because I still think there's a chance they can get it turned around, but it has netted them uh, very little in terms of moving up in terms of the draft and in terms of uh, you know top ten defense that type of thing. Returning to the defense they had in 2010, two Pro Bowls have come out of all those players they drafted. Uh, ha ha Clinton Dix in 2016, Mike Daniels, um, who was added to the Pro Bowl squad last winter. Meanwhile, on offense, 26 offensive players have been selected uh, in the draft, uh, those drafts from 2012 to now. But, you know, five were picked in the top three rounds, nine were picked in uh, uh, the top four rounds, and the rest of them came in later than the fourth round. So, subsequently, while we still talk about defense for the Packers at the top of this draft, the need factor, um, we still talk defense. But now there are some needs on offense, on the offensive line, at wide receiver, in-line tight end. There are discernible needs on that side of the football. And, John, we've seen uh, a lot of changes since the season ended, New Year's Eve, in Detroit. And uh, to Wayne's point, I mean, you obviously saw some key pieces, namely Jordy Nelson uh, on offense, not on the team anymore. You've got to look at the right side of the offensive line as well. So you feel like Aaron Rodgers coming back, the offense should be safe. But there's still some questions here on the offensive side of the ball that may or may not be addressed tonight, but you certainly have to believe they will need to address tomorrow. And added to the uncertainty is you have the new general manager and the new defensive coordinator, and you don't know with the new coaches 
how they're going to work. I remember Ron Wolf would always say that uh, they started a, a new regime in 1992, and it took them three years before the scouts and the coaches were all on the same page. And that led to the 95 draft, which was with their best draft. So it's going to be interesting to see. Luckily, Gutenkunz was still in-house and came over, so many of the same uh, scouts are there. But I'd be interested to see what uh, what the new uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Petten, thinks. And uh, Wayne, I w- would ask you a question, if I could. Um, with the... Uh, with the review of last year's talent, the new defensive coordinator come, has come in. Have you uh, heard anything or noticed anything in terms of uh, what they're looking for? Or, uh, for example, when when Sanders came, Sanders left and Capers came in. All of a sudden, Aaron Campman couldn't fit. Is there is there a fit now at the with the Packers that? Uh, can Fackrell play more, or is there a weakness that you see, or can the existing players? Fit? Well, I, I think John, with what they have, especially on the defensive line and the depth there, I think you're going to see more four-man fronts uh, with Mike Patton. Although you saw a lot of them with Tom Capers as well, the personnel uh, from Capers to Patton fits a lot better than it did from Sanders um, to Dom Capers. So uh, I don't think there's any great need. That, all right, we need a, a defensive uh, nose tackle. We need a uh, pass rushing outside linebacker necessarily. Uh, you know, the Packers need edge rushers. They need an edge rusher that can make a difference right away, I think. Um, and, and that's why there's so much speculation, Jeff, of them maybe moving up into close to the top ten if if one of those pass rushers starts falling. I think you talked about it earlier. The quarterbacks are going to set the tone here. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many quarterbacks go in the top ten in this draft will determine what the Packers have to do to get a difference maker on defense. And if they can't, if they don't move up, I think then you start opening yourself up to offense and and maybe there's a wide if they may have their pick of the best wide receivers in this draft uh, at number 14 that's highly possible another uh, point to keep in mind here um, the specter of the Aaron Rodgers contract negotiation hangs over this franchise and had major impact uh, in free agency okay the Packers are trying to figure out what they're going to have moving forward how much is Aaron Rodgers going to cost on the cap each year starting this year or next year. That's going to be the whole thing. Um, there, Bob McGinn, uh, Bob McGinn Football had a uh, report this afternoon that the Packers apparently asked Brian uh, Bulaga to take a pay cut. Bulaga and his agent have refused. Um, you know, I would imagine the reason they're asking that is because they're coming to grips with how much Aaron Rodgers is going to cost under the cap. So Roger Goodell is uh, at the podium and uh, ready to kick things off here. Roger Staubach is throwing footballs uh, into the crowd, so it's it's draft night. It's all uh, good in, in Dallas, yeah. Arlington, <laughs> Texas. Um, all right, so Cleveland picks first, and you know to go back to how we think this this first half of the first round might play out. Cleveland is two of the first four picks. You can bang on they will take a quarterback with one of those four picks. The Giants pick number two, and that's where it gets a little hairy because you think they might go quarterback. They may not. They may take Saquon Barkley. They may take Bradley Chubb. The Jets, who traded up um, earlier this year with the Colts, very likely that they are going to take a quarterback. After that, then it just sort of, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Denver looks like they need a quarterback. Maybe uh, they would use their first-round pick. Perhaps Buffalo would trade up. Miami, Arizona, these are all teams that might trade up uh, that need a quarterback. But once you get past, really, I think the first five or six picks, all the teams between number 7, which is Tampa Bay, and Green Bay at number 14, really are looking at defense. And, you know, when you talk about 
well, they could have their pick of wide receivers. It's a deep wide receiver class, but it's not a particularly strong wide receiver exactly. class. Not like last year where you could see teams taking a wide receiver in the top ten. Other than Saquon Barkley and Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame, those are probably the only two offensive players that will be off the board should the Packers hold at number 14. So it's going to get really interesting, I think, once we get past those first five picks, once you get at least three, you would assume, quarterbacks off the board, who's going to be left and would that be enough to compel Brian Gutekunst to want to trade up into perhaps uh, the 10 spot or the 11 spot to grab a player that they want they feel that can have an impact on defense? Jeff, the other question becomes, you know, can the Packers get a difference maker that can help them right away? There are a lot of defensive players and edge rushers. I think of Marcus Davenport, uh, Tremaine Edmonds uh, at linebacker, uh, who could play inside or outside. These are kids that are not going to be able to help you right away. They're guys who are going to need a little time. And I look at the Davenport kid, and the more I read about him, Jeff, and I I know you know him better than I do, um, the more I read about him, the more excited you get. But the excitement is down the road. Road. This yeah. kid is coming from a fairly small Division One program, and um, although he did okay, uh, you know, in the Senior Bowl, this is not a guy who's going to come in right away and get you 15 cents. Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, every guy who comes in, there's there's going to be some learning curve. I mean, I think there's maybe a handful of guys that you can just plug in right away and feel there you go. On the defensive side, Marcus Davenport is is the most intriguing player because you're right. I mean, he has the ability, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism. What he doesn't have is, number one, the experience against big-time competition. Made a good name for himself in the Senior Bowl, but, you know, that's one thing. And, you know, when you get to the NFL level, that's a different thing. And the second thing is now, coming from Texas-San Antonio, they run a 3-4 defense. He played a lot of outside linebacker, but... You know, outside linebacker for for UTSA is a lot different than outside <laughs> linebacker in the NFL because you have to do so much more. You know, you, you can't just be uh, a, a pass rushing specialist. You know, how are you against the run? By all accounts, he's pretty solid. You know, can you drop back into pass coverage? Uh, you know, how much do you need to polish up there? And just, you know, how versatile of a pass rusher are you as well? These are all questions that are out there that you get the sense that beyond 2018, Davenport might end up being the second best pass rusher uh, out of this draft class behind Bradley Chubb. But... Can the Packers afford to wait? Yeah, can, exactly. can they afford to to let him slowly develop when you consider the fact that not only is, is edge rusher a, uh, a need, but the depth. You know, I mean, they've been trying to develop Kyler Fackrell. Yep. I think Vince Beagle is a little bit of a washout last year because of his injury. You know, there, there's still some hope for those guys, obviously, but just where's the impact? Exactly. John Dodds, you've looked at this draft. You've uh, talked about the quarterbacks in your uh, writings. And, and about you, do you expect a heavy night of trading, especially early in this draft? Absolutely. If, if you look back on last year's draft and you try to evaluate who had the best drafts, it was the teams that traded up for quarterbacks. It was the Chicago Bears, it was Houston, and uh, it was Kansas City. So I think you have to have a quarterback, and there's no elite quarterback. In fact, we don't even know who's going to be taken uh, number one yet. Uh, I would think it was go- it's going to be Allen, uh, but it could be Mayfield, it could be just about anyone. But you, there's no elite quarterback this year, but there are a lot of very good ones, and you got to find them. And uh, I think they're it, what Green Bay wants. Green Bay's at 14. Every single time a quarterback goes yeah. beforehand, their pick goes up one. And, and a couple of weeks ago, Jeff, we talked, and, and it looked like, oh, gosh, there could be four or five quarterbacks mm-hmm. going in the top ten. And now, the, the closer we get to the draft, all of a sudden the Giants, uh, Dave Gettleman, their new general manager, 
uh, he's not going to take quarterback. He he doesn't draft that way. He's going to take the running back. And so you start hearing bits and pieces of, well, maybe Denver's not going quarterback. You know, Elway did pull that trigger a couple years ago. and didn't work out so well. Maybe he's going to get something for that defense, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So all of a sudden you start hearing the – and again, as Brian Billick tweeted out the other day, the former coach uh, of the Baltimore Ravens and a Super Bowl champion, he said – at this stage of the game, nobody knows mm. anything. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, we're hoping to get some answers here, and a man who does know something, to be sure, is up uh, in Green Bay, uh, TMJ4's Lance Allen. Lance, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Jeff, but I thought Wayne was describing me when he said, people don't know anything, so here I am. I'm ready, I'm ready to add to the lies, rumors, and innuendo. Let's well, put it that way. That's good, because there, there, there's plenty of it, and you know, we're trying to figure out exactly what the Packers are going to do. Will, will there be a trade? Will they stand pat at 14? Uh, what are your thoughts here on what Green Bay is going to do on night one? I think they will definitely try to trade up, whether they are successful or the price is right uh, remains to be seen, but I did like a couple of the rumors that you kind of hear that are out there, like, for example, uh, and you guys know it quite well, you know, Reggie McKenzie, he has a good working relationship with the Packers and with the new GM, not that he didn't with Ted Thompson, but the 10th overall selection, if you move up four spots, if, if the draft goes quarterback crazy, you could possibly move up those four spots. And then the really crazy scenario that is out there right now is the Colts wanting to trade out of the sixth spot and if it goes quarterback, quarterback, crazy quarterback, and like Wayne said, even if Barkley goes two to the Giants, you could have four quarterbacks around that second overall pick, one through five possibly. So at six, if you really like Chubb or you really like somebody, there's a chance, but it would be a steep price. Like People are speculating it would be this year's first rounder, this year's second rounder, and a second rounder, for next year, and then you'd have to trade back into the second round if you want to get more value, uh, you know, and, and because you've got all those picks. So there, there's some crazy stuff possibly in play. Lance, what's the feel? Um, the, have you been able to glean any feel? You know, we haven't heard a whole lot out of the Packers in terms of where they might be looking and heading. What's the rumor? What are the reporters talking about up there today? Well, a lot of the feel is that, Wayne, if they stay at 14, more than likely it's a defensive player. So you look at, okay, who could be available? I think most of the mock drafts had Alexander as the the, the most talked-about name. I kind of think that Derwin James will still be available, even though some people kind of speculate and think that he'll be gone just out of the Packers' reach. So maybe that would be a guy that they'd have to trade up the four spots or go up to get um, and – and then possibly, if you're going to trade up, it would probably be one of those edge rusher types. Um, so that that's kind of what the thought is up here. But after we talk all about this stuff, who knows? I mean, you, you could be Ridley for all we know, and they get a receiver. So, But I, I do think more than likely it goes defensive. When you look at the needs uh, for this team, Lance, um, you know, everyone looks at edge rusher, um, cornerback uh, as well. But you also get the sense that if they stay at number 14, they would get their pick of wide receivers. Is there a chance Brian Gutekunst you know, maybe surprises some and goes offense with that first pick? I, there, at least there's a, a chance of that. I wouldn't say it's a great chance, but there, there is a possibility that they feel like that all the quarterbacks and all the defensive players come off the board, and we don't know what their draft board looks like, but we know enough to know that if you have a first-round value or whatever value you have at a guy – 
you're going to the Packers in the past have not bowed to fan you know fervor for you know conventional wisdom whatever you want to say they go by value on their board and that's how they have drafted overall very well for the most part over the years so yes that is a possibility and the other guy that is out there that I mean I think most people feel that Chubb is the best defensive player uh, that's available in this draft but the other guy that the film doesn't lie on is Roquan Smith. I mean, that is a guy that is definitely a difference maker, and if you're into drafting difference makers, that's a guy that makes guys around him better and is all over the field. So that's another guy that if you're going to go up and get somebody, um, that might be a possibility. The cornerback everybody talks about um, out of Ohio State Denzel Ward is a shade shorter than the Packers like under Ron Wolf and, and his uh, protégés at cornerback. He's a little bit short, but he's he's got the great speed, and you have a big guy on the other side, and, and Kevin King, who is the one cornerback. Um, how much talk is there about Denzel Ward? Because he uh, seems to be the consensus top cornerback in this draft. They, they've held their cards pretty close to the vest, Wayne, but I do think that they will make slight exceptions for guys that they feel are special. Now, do they feel that Denzel Ward is special? They, w- they won't say that, but it, you do get the, the sense, Wayne, that if it's close and all things being equal, if they feel like the, the guy's got the special it factor, uh, that they, they would make, at least if the, if the measurables are close, they will, you know, they will, they, they're okay. And by the way, uh, you guys probably saw yep. everybody. Maker Baker Mayfield is your number one overall pick. So John Dorsey playing an excellent game of poker. Uh, not saying exactly who he was going to take off the bat, and and already a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, but one of the things that uh, John has said, Jeff, in, in the past, he says the number one thing he looks for, uh, especially in a quarterback, is a guy who is a winner. And Baker Mayfield is definitely that. And by the way best passing numbers in college football a year ago. Heisman Trophy winner, 70% completions, 41 touchdown passes. Yeah, I mean, his celebration and the antics on the field a little bit uh, give you a pause, but apparently Mayfield was very good in his meetings with all these NFL teams at the Combine in Indianapolis and changed a lot of that thinking. Dorsey, meanwhile, everybody, Sam Darnold, and then it was Josh Allen. Yeah. They were going to get Josh Allen. He's got big hands, and the weather sucks on Lake Erie. <laughs> <laughs> they need a quarterback with big hands, and they pick Baker Mayfield is a little bit well, undecided. How about this, Wayne? Maybe it's foreshadowing, but how about Baker Mayfield? And maybe, maybe the Cleveland Browns said, we're going to pick you, keep your mouth shut. But how about now that tweet that he put out there where he staged the photo of Brett Favre's yeah. draft day, and he's a little bit like Brett Favre. You hesitate to say a guy is a Hall of Famer, so I'm not going to quite go over that end zone line. But I am going to say that of this draft, He's probably the most like a young Brett Favre. And now you look at the tweet and go, maybe he knew more than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, expect a very strange night, and uh, it's already a doozy. Lance, uh, thanks so much, and uh, we know you got a busy night ahead of you. No problem. Take care, guys. All right, All right. thanks, Lance. Lance Allen. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield goes uh, overall number one now. You know, we were talking before. Uh, we went on the air how, you know, half the tweets out there said that the uh, Browns were going to go with Mayfield. The other half of the tweets said John Dorsey didn't even reveal to anybody in the front office who he was going to take. But it's interesting how it went from Sam Darnold to maybe Josh Rosen to Josh Allen, now to Mayfield. And um, this is a curious choice. And when we talked about Baker Mayfield um, a, a few weeks back, and, you know, look, 
He's a good quarterback. There's no question about it. I sort of question the numbers because of the system that he played in yep. in Oklahoma and the conference, Jeff. As you know, that's not a really not a good defensive, defensive. Yeah, yeah conference. absolutely. Um, and you know, look, one Heisman Trophy. I mean, you know, got his team to the uh, to the playoffs. So you know, he's definitely a winner. Off the field, you know, I mean, he may be a little, uh, little, little immaturity, but guys love to play for him. But you look at the size, you know, he's he's a Russell Wilson sized type of a quarterback, but I don't think he is Russell Wilson. I mean, he has that ability to extend plays, but I think it's a little bit too much to ask for him to be exactly that kind of player. Maybe he ends up being a little bit more like a Drew Brees, a guy that came from a system where yeah. he put up astronomical numbers, uh, and you know, didn't quite have the prototypical size, but. Um, well, Cleveland needed a quarterback. They got themselves a quarterback. And, and you know, um, I don't think this was a last-minute thing by any stretch of the imagination. I think they knew who they were going to pick weeks ago, and uh, that's their selection. And, and now it'll be interesting to see. The Giants are on the clock right now. And, John Dodds, your thoughts on uh, Baker Mayfield? That's really surprising. I would not have thought that they would go that way for the, the big hands reasons you uh, just <laughs> expressed. But now the key for the the entire draft is this pick right here. Uh, with the Giants, if if the if the running back goes here, Barkley or Chubb goes here, they may have to, they may have to take a quarterback here in Darnold. Maybe they didn't think Darnold would be there. This is an interesting pick because if the Packers are going to trade up to try to get Chubb, if Chubb isn't taken by the Giants, I think Chubb could possibly fall down to five or six. You don't think Cleveland would take him at four? I think they might take Barkley if Barkley oh, slides there. If the so, Giants take a quarterback and the Jets are going to, then that would slip uh, Barkley down to Cleveland, and I would imagine they'd surely well, the, make the that The Giants pick, pick is in, and Here this is, is going to be Sacquon Barkley. So, so there goes that. Okay. Sure, yeah. so, <laughs> so much for that you know, theory. Why don't we recollect here a little bit? Uh, we'll step aside. We're just underway. This is WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. Behind the mic and inside the clubhouse. Brewers radio voice, Jeff Levering goes Brewers 360 with Gene Miller. Wednesday mornings at 8.15. Just another day at the office last night, huh? Yeah, no big deal. Major League history has never been happened before. You just never know what you're going to see when you show up at the ballpark. Sponsored by Palermo's King Cheese Pizza, Weninger Compressor, and Wasco Windows. The Brewers play here. WTMJ. Hey, boaters! Cruise to Kendall Marine. We've got everything. Got an old boat, a new boat in between. Kindor Marine. Upholstery and parts, hard to find things. Kindor Marine. Hey, boaters. Cruise to Kindor Marine. We got everything you need but the water. Everything you need but the water. Hey, boaters. Cruise to Kindor Marine. We got everything you need but the water. Like a boat-loving kid in a candy store Kendor Marine If you have a question, we have the expertise At Kendor Marine Hey, boaters, cruise to Kendor Marine We've got everything you need but the water Easy to find at 57th and Ryan Road in Franklin or KendorMarine.com Gina Della from Pella. There's a rumor going around that you're into black magic. Oh, I've just been messing around with this crystal ball. Does it work? 
Would you like new windows for spring from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin but can't spend the money right now? Whoa, you're a mind reader too? Yes, that's true. Mm, oh, great and powerful crystal ball. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Oh, brother. No, hang on. I see your home. It's two stories. It's a ranch. With a basement. No basement. Oh, right. No basement. And the year is 2020. The beautiful new windows you purchased this spring from Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin look just as spectacular two years later, except you're richer. Yeah, right. No, really. You could make this happen. The deal is real. Right now, make no payments with no interest for two years at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I get it now. I could really enjoy spring with incredible new windows and invest the money because I won't owe anything until 2020. Exactly. Visit PellaWI.com slash radio. This is Steve Scafidi. When will State Senator Lena Taylor address the real question? Did you say it or not? I'll ask my Friday Forum guests that question when they join me at 11.07. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Oh, 2018 NFL Draft officially underway. The Cleveland Browns going Baker Mayfield, quarterback from Oklahoma, overall number one. The Giants taking Penn State running back Saquon Barkley. And so now it's the Jets uh, on the clock, and here's where we anticipate uh, perhaps some trades. Uh, we expect some quarterbacks uh, to fly off the board, but um, we uh, as we just went to break, uh, Wayne, uh, the Giants made that selection on Barkley for what it's worth. Uh, I know you know a lot of GMs are curious what I think, but I thought Barkley was the best player overall here uh, in this draft. There are a handful of guys that I think you can plug in right away and feel pretty comfortable that week one they're going to be ready to go. And Saquon Barkley, absolutely one of those guys. And, and you know, Jeff, the thing about it is, and it's not any secret and it isn't anything new, running backs can come in and make a bigger difference quicker than almost any other player uh, that you draft. So this kid could have the same impact that Ezekiel Elliott had in Dallas. He could have the same kind of impact for the New York Giants. He may be a little more complete back than uh, uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, Maybe not quite as explosive, but a little more complete because he is such a good receiver uh, in the passing game. And there was some speculation that uh, the Giants might have gone uh, quarterback here, but um, they're going to hang on with what they have, including a guy they took last year in the third round, Davis Webb, who I know doesn't quite have the same sizzle as some of these quarterbacks that we're seeing going um, in in the first round. But, you know, now you you, kind of start to play the mind game a little bit and you start to wonder, okay, where does Bradley Chubb go? Uh, you know, does Cleveland take him with their second first-round pick, which is number four? I don't see him falling past Indianapolis at number six, and so now you start to wonder, could the Packers, do they have enough dynamite to be able to get into that number six spot and take Bradley Chubb, who's the best defensive player and a very, very good edge rusher? Well, in the Jets now on the clock, and everyone's figuring they're going to take a quarterback. Denver could use a quarterback, um, but I think Denver probably figured in a lot of the that maybe three quarterbacks would be off the board by the time they picked at number five. And so a lot of people have associated them with a defensive player. But now they're going to have a quarterback a little highly, more highly regarded than maybe they anticipated. So maybe Denver goes quarterback. I think that's a big key to what the Packers do. Um, can you get another two quarterbacks into the mix, and then Green Bay has to start thinking about defensive players, difference makers, who start sliding, John. Well, does, you called it, Wayne, there. That, does Chubb go at four to Cleveland, or does Cleveland trade back to a Buffalo who's panicking coming up? Buffalo didn't have the assets to go up to two to trade with the Giants, but they might have the assets to go up to four, 
or even five or six. So it's going to be interesting to see. Getting Chubb is a remote possibility, but he's the best defensive uh, pass rusher, best edge rusher in the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see where he falls. Because the problem, if if you're talking about trading up, and John, you you hinted at it, Buffalo, you know, might be licking their chops here with the Giants uh, passing on a quarterback. You've got Miami, possible need uh, at quarterback. Arizona with a need at quarterback, and so there's a lot of teams that might be jockeying for position. Of course, that's just going to increase the amount uh, of picks that you're going to need to try and trade up into the top ten. And once you get past Denver at number five. And you look at everybody in there, uh, at least to round out the top ten, those teams, of course, don't have a, a quarterback need. They all have young franchise quarterbacks. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky because all those teams you assume are going to go defense, and then that really thins out the, the number of impact players that Green Bay might be looking at. There are also thoughts that Chicago at eight might want to trade up to possibly four and get Chubb. So Chubb is an interesting, interesting uh, pick. But if you're competing with teams – trying to get quarterbacks, more compensation, more assets will be given in terms of draft picks. So, And as I mentioned in the break to you, that uh, it's going to be interesting. If, if, you, if the Packers have to go up very high, they might have to add a 2019 pick in the mix, and that would be a definite change in philosophy because Ted Thompson never wanted to look at the 2019 uh, 19, the next year's draft. Sam Darnold is the uh, pick, the quarterback out of USC. So the Jets do as expected. They get a quarterback. And, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, uh, a lot of people thought he might be the best, uh, most ready passer in this uh, draft. Yeah, I, you know, a couple of things here now. Back in March, uh, the Jets traded up from number six with Indianapolis to number three, and everybody assumed that, okay, obviously they're going to take a quarterback here. Uh, Wayne, when, when we talked earlier this month, I, I thought, honestly, Josh Rosen to me seemed like the, the, the player, the quarterback that would most fit, I, I think, the NFL mold and would have the best chance at success. But I felt that right out of the gate, Darnold would be a better pick because he seems a little bit more, uh, I think, ready to go. Although there's questions, you know, with all of these quarterbacks, to be sure. But I think the Jets got themselves a pretty solid pick here, yeah, Sam Darnold. A, a pretty solid pick. I, you know, Rosen is a little flaky. Uh, people, uh, the the scouts all sit, think they're a little they're a little leery of Josh Rosen. <laughs> he, he, you know, he's got other interests. Okay, you know, yeah. it's football's not life and death, and that worries football people uh, when there's a kid out there who's a little bit more going for him than just football, and that's Josh Rosen. And um, Sam Darnold, the one thing about him, though, Jeff, and I know you you know this, obviously, interceptions, fumbles, yep. okay? He does have small hands, and ball security has been an issue. You know, the upside is um, he's got a little bit more mobility, certainly, than, than Josh Rosen does. Um, I don't know how it compares to Baker Mayfield and his mobility, but... Um, it seems like there is a little bit of Matthew Stafford here with, with Darnold. The decision-making, I don't think, is quite where you want it to be. Um, you know, can make some big-time plays, to be sure. But, you know, I also think back to the bowl game uh, against Ohio State. And, uh, you know, did he did he show up on the big stage? I, I think it left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. Got to bring his interception total down. But the Jets were a team that, you know, last year everybody thought was possibly going to be an 0-16 team. It ended up obviously being Cleveland. But um, the Jets show some promise here. So it might be a little bit 
bumpy here in year one for Sam Darnold. But, of course, uh, you know they may not need to throw him out there right away because of their quarterback situation, the veterans that they have on the roster. So this might actually end up being a pretty good fit for Darnold. Yeah, it very well could be. And the fit is a big uh, key. You mentioned, I think, the key word to the whole thing, Jeff, in, in whether a prospect becomes a player, a lot of it has to do with the fit. Does the coach believe in him? Does the system fit his uh, talents? That kind of thing. And, and so we'll see how it goes on all of these picks tonight. And if you're uh, out and about tonight, there's a number of ways that you can follow us. You can watch us on WTMJ.com slash Studio Cam. Uh, one word, Studio Cam. You can listen through the uh, Listen Live tab on WTMJ.com or the WTMJ mobile app. You can also follow Instant Updates on our WTMJ second screen coverage of the draft at WTMJ.com. Our Packers Draft Central continues after this. This is Jeff Wagner. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, now says he's planning to take the fifth. Some people think this means the president is in trouble. I don't agree. I'll explain why at 1225 on Friday. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. And now, WTMJ's first pitch. The Brewers' run of good baseball continues, having won eight straight heading into their series opener in Chicago against the Cubs. Milwaukee did get some bad news, however, when first baseman Eric Thames went down with a thumb injury. Still, as general manager David Stearns tells Wisconsin's Morning News, having a player like Jesus Aguilar able to step in is great insurance. Depth is important, and obviously losing someone like Eric and the contributions he's made to this team over the last year plus now uh, is not easy. I don't know that we're necessarily going to replace that but we do have guys who who are very competitive major league players who are going to give us a good at that from that first base position who are going to play well and Jesus is certainly among them he's done an outstanding job all year and it's a good opportunity for him it's a good chance for him to play a little bit more regularly uh, probably see a little bit more right-handed pitching Um, so it's a good moment for him and and he certainly has taken advantage of his opportunity so far this year doug russell wtmj sports this has been wtmj's first pitch this is steve scafidi is there a message out there for conservatives when kanye west makes the argument for freedom of speech and thought and he gets more attention than anyone else i'll ask the editor-in-chief of the weekly standard friday at 8 35 conservative talk wisconsin values wtmj Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central. I'm Jeff Alconio along with the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, former NFL scout John Dodds as well. Happy to have you along here as the NFL Draft is underway. Cleveland on the clock again with pick number four. So far it's been Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, and Sam Darnold was just selected by the New York Jets. Wayne, as, as we uh, start to see this draft come into focus here a little bit and, and you start to get an idea of who's going to be available here for Green Bay, and we talk about those those impact players, but a big question coming into tonight was edge rusher or cornerback, which is the bigger need for the Packers? What do you think? I, I really think the edge rusher is probably the bigger need. I think that they'll be better able to fill the cornerback spot if they stay at number 14. I mean, in other words, I think there will be a better cornerback at number 14 than there will be an edge rusher left in the draft by that time. It'll be interesting to see how they go, and as we've been speculating, will they move up in the draft to get that defensive player who's a difference maker, but um, they're it's close, 
But I think edge rusher, because I have a little bit of faith in Tremont Williams coming back. He played very well at Arizona last year. And I also uh, think that Devon House was a nice signing. Uh, if they didn't get a cornerback who could start right away, they could at least line up and play and have a couple of veterans out there. Not to start, but I mean, one of those veterans would start. The two young guys, um, Kevin King and then Quentin Rollins, who's coming yeah. off a pretty big injury. It seems like it's this is a make-or-break year for Rollins. It very much is. He's been injured, banged up a lot, uh, showed great promise as a uh, rookie early. Uh, Kevin King is a guy that I still think can develop into a shutdown corner. Uh, will the shoulder be healthy, or is this a chronic injury that they can't correct? If that's the case, that'll be a tough situation. John, what do you think uh, about the Packers' secondary? I definitely think it's a big weakness this is the perfect draft for it. This draft is deep at corners. It's an unusual draft in that it doesn't have elite players at the elite positions that you would think of, left tackle or outside linebacker, pass rusher, or cover corner, outside cover corner. But there's a lot of big slot corners, and I think you can get quality uh, players. In fact, Gooden uh, uh, gave a, uh, a hint at the combine saying how deep it was at defensive back and corner, especially cornerback. So I think on day three, you can get a quality player. The pick is in for Cleveland now. This is the fourth selection in the first round. Cleveland's second pick in the draft. I'm thinking Bradley Chubb this goes is, here. Uh, if I'm reading Twitter right, this is going to end up being a surprise here. Denzel Ward, the cornerback wow. from Ohio State. Whoa, if that's the case. And uh, we're waiting for Roger Goodell, and apparently it is yeah, Denzel, Denzel Ward. Ward. Hmm. Wow. Boy, that's a... So you can throw the script out already. So, yeah. Bradley Chubb, I had him right <laughs> now, there. And... <laughs> there's two things about this. Is Number one, it seemed like... And, and you always got to be careful this time of year because there's a lot of the misinformation. And, you know, as you said, Wayne, uh, nobody knows anything. It seemed like a lot of people were saying that Denzel Ward was actually slipping. Coming into yes. the final couple of weeks uh, of the draft, and instead he ends up going number four, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Solid pick by Cleveland, uh, but now Bradley Chubb is is out there, and you still have two quarterbacks uh, out there as well. I would imagine the phones are really going to start ringing here if you're I... Denver and if you're Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, Denver now, what do you think? I mean, I don't think they expected... Bradley Chubb to be on the board. Is there a quarterback they like there? And do they feel quarterback is a need for them right now? Uh, they signed Case Keenum, of course, who led the Vikings to the NFC Championship game a year ago. Um, you know, or do they go back to defense and, and try to get better at what they're doing? Now, they've remade their secondary. Mm. Do they need a safety? Is this Derwin James here? Well, a couple of things here. I mean, when you look at that quarterback spot, I mean, remember they took Paxton Lynch last year. It was obviously a mistake. Uh, I think they recognize that, and that's why they signed Case Keenum in the offseason. Did they feel that Keenum is just a Band-Aid, or is he a guy that, you know, because look, next year's quarterback class is, is much weaker than this year, so if you need a quarterback, the desperation is really going to set in here over the next couple of picks, but it's amazing how just three years ago, Denver had a, an historically strong defense, and now when you look at their needs coming into this draft, they need an edge rusher. Uh, I think they still need some help uh, in the secondary as well, as long as quarterback, so uh, you, I think if you're Denver, you could feel comfortable trading down. If yeah. you know, again, the the Buffaloes and, and the Arizonas and the teams like that start to get really desperate um, or, or start to get really itchy here to grab themselves a quarterback, um, then again, Bradley Chubb would be a nice fit for them as well. 
And you look at the quarterbacks that are still out there. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, still on the board. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are gone, but beyond that, they're all there. Um, Lamar Jackson, probably too high in the draft for him at this point in time, obviously. But, uh, you know, there's some good quarterback talent there. And yes, um, you know, we could, it wouldn't surprise me to see somebody move up um, at this point. But Denver's on the clock right now. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what they do. No question uh, about that. And again, you, you start to think into the mystery of the night here and, and what the Packers might be thinking. Uh, I think we all knew that Denzel Ward's the best cornerback coming into this draft, and I think you all knew that he was going to be off of the board when the Packers selected that. I don't think we realized that he was going to go this quickly. Now, again, right. you, you, you get the wheels starting to turn here a little bit, and you start to look at a team like Tampa Bay. They need a lot of secondary help. So is that Derwin James? Is that... Uh, you make a Fitzpatrick now that Ward uh, is off the board. You look at a team like San Francisco. Yes, they signed Richard Sherman, but probably still need another cornerback. But they need tackle help. Would they be willing to trade back? Oakland perhaps taking an offensive lineman. Would they be willing to trade back as well? So, John, it may not be even a case of, okay, the Packers are going to trade up here to, to the sixth spot with Indianapolis. You know, They might go 10 or 11, not have to give up nearly enough, but still get themselves the kind of player they want. Exactly. I'm just fascinated by Ward going that high. He was the he was the only cover outside cornerback, but he was a little bit smaller. He was closer to five ten than the Green Bay requirement of a little bit over six feet. So they might have done a big favor for Green Bay to take him off the out of their hands because uh, Ron Wolf always used to say that that uh, small, quick, and fast would become small slow and in the in the November mud. When it got cold and muddy, you can't go with small players like an Amon Carroll that Mike Sherman uh, took. It seemed like Mike Sherman in that era took uh, Nick Barnett and he wanted to go speed, kind of like Tampa. And it's fine if you have Tampa weather. You can have short and, and very quick people, but not up in Green Bay. You know, Wayne, I remember you saying once, uh, in the NFL, you better be big. And if you're not big, you better be fast. <laughs> yeah. And so Ward doesn't have the size. Does he have that speed? That's only a question. But he was definitely a playmaker. I mean, there was no question about it. Benefited from a very, very good secondary in 2016. Yes. Uh, but then held his own when Gary and Conley, Marshawn Lattimore moved on to the NFL. Held his own in 2017 and was was one of the best cover corners, maybe the best cover corner in, in college football. All right, year. Jeff, you covered those guys. Um, you know, um, uh, you covered Conley and Lattimore. Let me ask you this. From what I've been told, Ward is not quite in their class in terms of a shutdown cover corner. You know, I, I would I would agree with that. And you know, part of it is you've got to remember just how good Ohio State's defense sure. was you know, in 2016. But obviously, both of those guys, especially Lattimore, had a huge impact uh, with the, their rookie years in, in 2017. And to John's point, when you think about those more traditional uh, desirable positions in the draft. Offensive tackle, not very strong. Edge rusher, outside of Bradley Chubb, not particularly strong. And even at cornerback, you know, all of these guys, and we could end up seeing five, maybe even six cornerbacks go here in the first round tonight. I don't know that any of them, uh, you know, right away you can say this guy can lock up with number one wide receivers. I think they all need a, a little bit of help. There's all weaknesses somewhere in their game. I think Ward is no question again. He's a very solid pick, but I think you're right. Uh, he's got some work to do to prove that he's up there with Lattimore. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And now, again, um, hey, listen, I, 
<laughs> yeah, Bradley Chubb going to the Cleveland Browns. Like almost every mock draft I read uh, throughout this process had him going at the fourth pick in the first round to Cleveland. Denzel Ward goes there. Denver's on the clock right now. We've talked about what they need. Indianapolis coming up. Um, you know, Denver's pick is in, and here's the commissioner coming up to the uh, podium right now. And so in a moment, we'll know who the Denver Broncos have picked in uh, with the fifth pick in the first round. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is going to be very interesting. This could be fairly pivotal as far as the Packers are concerned as to how these people start sliding. And, you know, we've got a moment here. The, the guy who may benefit the most from Denzel Ward being selected is Demarius Randall. Yes. Who's now in that uh, secondary uh, And can play safety like he and wanted. Absolutely. And I believe this is going to be Bradley Chubb here going to Denver at number 5. The uh, defensive end um, out of North Carolina State. And, uh, well, Roger Goodell making a little bit of an announcement here. So, assuming that that's the case, now you've got – and this is where I think it's really going to get interesting because it seemed like Indianapolis was most certainly going to go defense with that sixth pick. Now they – I'm sure they're open to trading down. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens from there as to who they trade down with. Um, Should they they choose to trade down, uh, of course – as Bradley yeah, Chubb. Bradley All right, Chubb, so yep. uh, he is off the board at number five to Denver. All right, well, uh, we have five picks uh, in the board. Right now, Green Bay is still holding at number 14. Will they make a move? Will they stand pat? Stay tuned. We've got more of WTMJ's Packers Draft Central coming up. This is Steve Scafidi. Is there a message out there for conservatives when Kanye West makes the argument for freedom of speech and thought and he gets more attention than anyone else? I'll ask the editor-in-chief of the Weekly Standard today at 835. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Everyone knows that Elliott's Ace is famous for its selection of grills and grilling accessories. At least I hope you know. Hi, this is Stu Elliott from Elliott's Ace Hardware. Elliott's Ace is the grilling place with great brands like Big Green Egg, Weber, and Traeger, including the hard-to-find, brand-new Traeger Timberline Series. That's a grill you just have to see. At Elliott's Ace, locally owned and nationally known for over 60 years. Elliott's Ace Hardware, Elm Grove, West Dallas, Pewaukee, and Muskego. Every deck is made for standing on, but there's only one that's always had a way of standing out. So if you're looking to bring more style, comfort, and creativity to your life outdoors, call on the brand that's known for making the most in outdoor living. From decking, railing, and lighting to furniture, fencing, and framing, at Trex, we're engineering what's next in outdoor living. To learn more about all of the outdoor solutions Trex has to offer, call Blifford Lumber and Hardware at 262-770-4135 or visit BliffordLumber.com. Just announced from Ernie Von Schladorn, 0% financing for up to 72 months on select models and leases as low as $199 per month or save up to 11000 on new 2018 GMCs. Supplies are limited. EVS is committed to being your number one Buick GMC dealer. Ernie Von Schladorn Buick GMC, serving the Milwaukee area for over 50 years. Shop the Buick GMC professional great inventory at evsbuickgmc.com. Who do you know wants to buy a car? Autopro credit lease based on G18199 18 terrain, 39 months, 10k miles per year, 1,000 cash down, tax title license up for fees extra. News from the clubhouse straight from the skipper. Manager Craig Council goes Brewers 360 with Gene Miller every Tuesday morning at 8.15. Morning, happy new season, Craig Council. Morning, guys. Did you miss us over the winter? I did. Sponsored by Palermo's King Cheese Pizza, Weninger Compressor, and Wasco Windows. The Brewers play here. WTMJ. 
This is Jeff Wagner. The WIAA now says maybe it's not such a good idea to have felons playing in the state basketball tournament. They need to make a change tomorrow. I'll explain why at 1210 on Friday. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Welcome back. The Indianapolis Colts uh, on the clock. They have uh, made their selection. We await the announcement there. The sixth overall pick, the Green Bay Packers picking 14th uh, overall. I'm Jeff Alconio along with Wayne Larravee, John Dodds uh, as well, and uh, joining us on the phone. Very busy night uh, in Milwaukee. He's at the Bradley Center, but if anyone can do two things at once, it's Doug Russell. Doug, how are you tonight? Uh, juggling as we speak. Uh, Jeff, thanks for having me on. No question about it. There's been a lot of speculation, obviously, about what the Packers want to do with that number 14 pick. And as we're now starting to see the, the top five picks uh, off the board now, it's been a little bit of a surprise. Um, what do you think the Packers are going to do? They hold at number 14. Do you think there's a chance they trade up? Well, I think there's a chance that they trade up. Uh, Brian Gutekunst has kind of indicated that, at least through some media outlets, that uh, there is if there is an opportunity to make a move for an impact player, that he's not opposed to doing it. I like the aggressiveness. Uh, you know, I guess you have to trust the guy until proven otherwise. But uh, I, I like the fresh approach that the Packers have had. Uh, and I also like that he's not afraid to say, look, if there's a player that fits what we need in Green Bay, he won't be afraid to go ahead and pull the trigger on that. So it, it is the dawn of a new day in Green Bay. I, whether or not I think they're going to move up, I don't know. It's, the thing about Brian Gutekunst right now is he's a complete blank slate. We won't really know until after this draft and maybe after a couple of drafts what his draft strategy is. Quentin Nelson just went to Indianapolis, uh, the sixth pick overall in the draft. Um, he is an offensive guard out of Notre Dame, and people tell me, Jeff, you could plug him in and he'll mm-hmm. play in the Pro Bowl for 12, 15 years. I think he's he's up there with Chubb and Barkley and a guy that you can plug in, as you point out, and play. And if he stays healthy, I mean, he, he should uh, be an all-pro caliber player. And, uh, you know, Doug, I think adding to the flavor here, Brian Gutekunst, uh, you know, obviously this is his first draft, so we don't really know exactly what his uh, philosophy is. And, um, and it's, you know, obviously as we're looking at tonight what they're going to do, but, of course, they still have some needs, obviously, you know, on both sides uh, of the ball. But with 12 draft picks as well, you know, how active do you think the Packers are going to be if they don't make a trade tonight, but tomorrow night and especially Saturday as well? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of draft picks. There's no question about that. And that gives the Packers a lot of flexibility because, Brian, um, look, I I can't see him drafting 12 rookies and thinking that there are going to be 12 players that could at least have a legitimate shot to make this team. I mean, I think that's that's, that's ridiculous. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he does try to spin that into, you know, trading up to get a player that the Packers need, whether it's, you know, maybe a rush linebacker. Certainly the defensive secondary is an area that, I think everybody sees the Packers have a need in. And I also like what he said this past week about, you know, does the, do the Packers or any team in the NFL, for that matter, need to have a, a better defensive secondary or a better defensive pass rush? And he said one thing feeds off of the other, and I think that's absolutely correct. I think that if you have a good, solid, well-rounded team, that's the most important thing. But if there's a player that's legitimately and the head and shoulders above another player that just may happen to play a different position, I think you've got to – you know, address the, the better player uh, of the two. And I think the Packers are in a good position to be able to do that, especially with those draw graphics. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was a little bit of wheeling and dealing. Absolutely. 
With uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back uh, off of the uh, the injury he had last year, the thinking is, okay, the Packers are once again going to be contenders. We know they need some help on the defensive side of the ball. How close do you think they are to getting back to being a Super Bowl team? I think they were a Super Bowl contender a year ago before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Yeah, sure, there are some deficiencies, and you don't know how a season is going to play out, but he's that important to this team. Uh, Greg Mastic and I were talking about it uh, during one of the pregame shows during the pre or postgame shows during the preseason uh, about whether or not the Packers had adequately. Remember when you know they were talking about who the backup quarterback was going to be, which is a really nice problem to have. But it didn't matter if uh, Aaron Rodgers went out. The Packers just didn't have anybody, no matter who it was, that was going to be able to lead them to the Super Bowl like the Philadelphia Eagles were with Nick Foles. Um, I, I don't think they're that far away. Sure, there are some holes. We all know what they are, specifically with pass rush and defensive secondary, like we've all been talking about. Um, I think that their running game is actually in a much, much better position today than it was a year ago. I think there's some questions at wide receiver now that Jordy Nelson is gone. Who will be that guy for Aaron Rodgers? Um, look, I, I don't think they're that far uh, away, to be honest with you, assuming, of course, and it all stems from this, if number 12 can stay upright. All right, well, of course, the Bucks uh, and the Celtics, Game 6 uh, at the BMO Harris Bradley Center. Doug, we'll let you get back to it. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Sure thing. All right, while we were talking to Doug, um, the uh, trade rumors are really cranking up here, and it appears as though Buffalo has moved up to the number 7 spot, which was previously wow. held by Tampa Bay. Uh, one of these teams that we talked about uh, have a, a big-time need for a quarterback. Uh, we kind of sensed there'd be at least one trade here into the top ten. It looks like this will be the first one. Yeah, and I'm a little surprised we haven't seen a trade earlier. But, mm. of course, the uh, premium, the price was a little high to uh, to make it. But uh, at any rate, uh, we'll see how this all pans out. Uh, Tampa Bay technically still has 314 to go on the clock uh, on this pick. But uh, the Bills, and we're being told, as you were just mentioned, acquired the seventh overall pick from the Buccaneers, and uh, in a moment we'll get some of the uh, uh, particulars on that trade, unless you have them already, I Jeff. I don't no? yet. Uh, I do know that uh, they've swapped their first-round picks. Right. And So, um, so we'll, we'll get all the details on that. Here, I want to throw this out. Um, you know, there's obviously a scramble now to get a quarterback. We know how important the position is. It's always been very important. When you look at, you know, we're assuming the four guys that are going to go at least in the first round, perhaps in the top 10 or 12, they all have flaws. I mean, not, I don't think any of these guys are, are, you know, like Andrew Luck, you know, a guy that you can put in right away and, and will, will measurably make your team better in his rookie year. Again, so much of it is the situation that you go into where Baker Mayfield is walking into, obviously, a very long rebuilding process. The Jets might be a little bit farther along. And Buffalo, of course, you know, a playoff team even more farther along than than those teams as well. Um, But there is such a premium to get these quarterbacks. And you think about last year, and John, you, you noted it, that Chicago, Houston, Kansas City all traded up to get quarterbacks. Now we're seeing, of course, the, the, uh, the Jets traded up um, in, in March uh, to get the number three pick. Buffalo has now traded up twice. Uh, they did pre-draft trade, and then uh, this trade here with, with Tampa Bay as well. It just goes to show you the importance of quarterback, but the development of the quarterback. It's the one thing to get the quarterback, but then it's the development as yeah. well, and that's the big question for what we're assuming is the four guys that are going to go here in the first 10, 12 picks. And you would think that Allen is going to go here. That's the, the bigger guy with the better arm. I would guess it's a Josh. I don't know if it's going to be Could Allen be. or Rosen. Josh but, or Rosen, uh, yeah. Josh it, or Josh. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. But, um, you know, and again, Buffalo, I would think, I agree with you, John. Uh, Josh Allen seems like he potentially would be the better bad-weather quarterback over Josh Rosen. But uh, we'll see what the Bills feel here. Um, You know, I wonder if anybody else is looking to move up also. Because now, if this is a quarterback in this spot does Chicago go with the inside linebacker, Roquan Smith? And here comes the commissioner up to the podium, and barring any lengthy announcement, and there have been several by him tonight, <laughs> we should know in a matter of seconds who this is. Josh uh, Allen, right, so. as we expected. Yep, as you did, John. Uh, the bigger quarterback, the kid out of Wyoming, has a little bit. Um, you know, Jeff, the thing I, I noted about him, and you and I talked about it on the play-by-play podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, Josh Allen is a guy who's probably going to take a little time to get Definitely. into, you know, to really make an impact on the field in the NFL. But certainly he has upside. There's no doubt. Big arm, uh, good mobility, that type of thing. And you would expect he'll play pretty well in Buffalo eventually. Yeah, of course, Josh Rosen, you know, obviously played at UCLA, Josh Allen at Wyoming. So since he's maybe going to be a little bit more uh, easily acclimated to, to Buffalo's weather, a couple things about Josh Allen. Um, that I see the size is definitely there, um, but is 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 for me the thing that really jumped out in was the completion percentage, um, which you know in his two years as a full time starter at Wyoming was about fifty six fifty seven percent. That's not going to get it done uh, in the NFL. Now again, part of it is the system. And it's much more vertical at Wyoming than, than what you would normally have uh, in an NFL offense. And I read uh, something, and I, and I don't remember where I read it, but it was something like 77% of all passes thrown in the NFL were less than 20 yards. Mm. So, you know, it, it's just not you know as vertical a, a, a league as, as college football is. And for a lot of these teams, uh, Wyoming is certainly one of them. So perhaps that is one of the reasons why Josh Allen's completion percentage is not as big of a concern to obviously a, a team like Buffalo as well. But there's definitely going to be some development there. And then, of course, we heard the story here in the last 24 yeah. hours or so that when he was in high school, this is going back 2012, 2013, he had a string of uh, offensive tweets. Um, and it, why it's surfacing now, his, his account was actually scrubbed back in January. So either somebody was able to recover the deleted tweets or they knew about it and waited until uh, the night before the draft to make the announcement whether or not that affected his stock or not. I, I, I'm. Who knows? I don't think that's necessarily the case, but I'm glad they didn't have Twitter when I was 16. Yeah. I could say that for sure. Boy, I know it. Yeah. You know, the other thing about Josh Allen, you mentioned the short passing game, the quick passing game that is the NFL. Um, he will have to develop a little better touch. That's another mm-hmm. thing people have talked about. But again, uh, most strong arm kids, and this kid has arguably the biggest arm in this draft, um, or at least one of them. Uh, a lot of times, those guys, that's the thing they have to learn when they get to the pros. Put a little touch on this thing and, yeah. and set up the guys to, so he can make run yards after the catch. The sports science people hooked up his hand and his arm action and found that he throws the ball at 73 miles per hour. And that was the the highest number that they've had since 2001 when they started it. What struck me about Allen was when he went to the Senior Bowl, the first, I think it was the Wednesday afternoon, very raw and made was not very accurate. But by the Friday, he had improved incredibly with good coaching. And he was, so I think that's that's the thing, I think, that uh, the ace that they have there. And they need the big arm in the, the winds of Buffalo coming mm-hmm. off the lake. 
Of course, A.J. McCarron is, is now the quarterback. They traded away uh, Tyrod Taylor, so it'll be interesting to see how Buffalo handles that. And, of course, the Packers are going to play Buffalo. So, and, uh, How long will it take for Josh Allen to get on the field? They'll say, oh, he's not going to play. It's a redshirt year. They said the same thing about Mitchell Mr. Trubisky. Trubisky. Yeah. And five weeks into the season, he was starting for the Bears. So Josh <laughs> Allen is the uh, third quarterback uh, taken tonight. He goes to Buffalo and traded up with Tampa Bay. Uh, so the Buccaneers uh, trading down to the number 12 spot. The Chicago Bears are now uh, on the clock. And with that, we'll step aside. This is WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. This is Jeff Wagner. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, now says he's planning to take the fifth. Some people think this means the president is in trouble. I don't agree. I'll explain why at 1225 on Friday. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Do you take air for granted? Well, some people do, but businesses cannot. If compressed air shuts off, production stops. And lost revenue most times can be avoided when a company's air compressor is serviced on a regular basis. Locally owned Wettinger Compressor has been servicing and selling air compressors in Wisconsin and surrounding states since 1932. Doesn't matter what your air compressor make or model is or where it was purchased. Wettinger Compressor is just a phone call away 24-7. When the time comes for a new compressor, you can't beat one from LG. And no one sells more LG. LG Air Compressors than Weniger. LG Air Compressors are the only air compressors available with a lifetime warranty. To help prevent an unexpected air compressor shutdown, creating major profit loss, call Weniger to schedule an evaluation of your equipment. 800-340-7798. 800-340-7798. So when you've lost pressure, don't let it stress you. Just call up the boys at Weniger Compressor. Brewers General Manager David Stearns goes Brewers 360 with Gene Miller Thursday mornings at 8.15. Your takeaways after the homestand, sir. Takeaways, and I think I think you guys just covered it pretty well. <laughs> Sponsored by Palermo's King Cheese Pizza, Weninger Compressor, and Wasco Windows. The Brewers play here. WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Night one of the NFL Draft is underway. Seven picks are in the books. The Chicago Bears on the clock with pick number eight. The Green Bay Packers holding on to pick number 14. The first of 12 picks over this three-day draft extravaganza. I'm Jeff Falconio. Glad to have you along here. The voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, and uh, former NFL Scott John Dodds uh, as well. And guys, as we take a step back here and, and look at so far what has unfolded, it has been uh, interesting to say the least. We expected this. We mm-hmm. expected some trades. We just saw a trade, Buffalo trading up with Tampa Bay to take Josh Allen. We expected quarterbacks to be very much in demand. Three of the first uh, seven picks were quarterbacks. And now we're inching closer to Green Bay selection at number 14. The three best players in the draft, um, in my opinion, by far the three best players in the draft are all off the board. Saquon Barkley, running back Penn State, went number two to the Giants. Bradley Chubb, the edge rusher out of North Carolina State, goes number five to Denver. And Quentin Nelson, whom some scouts have told me is the best player in this draft period, the offensive guard out of Notre Dame, went to Indy uh, from the New York Jets, went to Indy uh, with the number six pick in the draft. Chicago's on the clock. Still out there, Minka Fitzpatrick, the uh, free safety uh, cornerback type. Uh, obviously, Josh Rosen, the quarterback. The Bears aren't looking there. Derwin James, and now Roquan Smith has just been selected by the Chicago Bears. So Roquan Smith was one of the guys that, uh, coming out of Georgia, a linebacker who can play inside, can play outside as well. 
an edge guy uh, that uh, the Packers might have been interested in. I think Chicago was in a little bit of a tough spot there because it seemed like Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame, would have been a very good fit for them. But Indianapolis, who took Nelson at number six, uh, their offensive line has just been absolutely decimated. So this is where it gets really interesting because Bradley Chubb is off the board. Now, Roquan Smith, a lot of people believe that the second-best linebacker, he is off the board. Denzel Ward, the top cornerback, is off the board as well. San Francisco on the clock with pick number nine. When you look at San Francisco here, Oakland as well. Um, defensive needs you know, for both of those teams. So this is going to be very interesting in these next handful of picks. And you wonder about the run on defensive players now that mm. seems to be underway. You mentioned, Jeff, we would see it throughout the first round of this draft, uh, the run on defensive players. Um, you know, when I look at Roquan Smith, uh, you know, 4-5-40, uh, Danny Trevathan um, has been kind of banged up. I, think, yeah. I, I don't know if he's really been a good free agent signing for them. He's missed so much time. But this kid is obviously probably targeted for inside linebacker with them, wouldn't you think? Yeah, Trevathan, you know, still a player, but has not played a full season, I believe, since 2013. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the Bears are... Well, the Packers uh, have guys like that, too. Well, of course. <laughs> you know, the defense is up and coming, but, um, you know, they were definitely a guy that, that needed some... Uh, they need some linebacker help. Smith is that guy, and this is what makes it interesting, is because he's a little bit undersized, played in a 3-4 defense at Georgia, Part of the time played inside, part of the time played on the right outside uh, as well. So I mean, he can play either. But one of the things that I always look at um, when, when trying to diagnose just how good a player is going to be in the NFL is, is I like to see guys making big plays in big games. And we mentioned, we were talking about this uh, actually before we went on the air, 13 tackles and a sack against Auburn in the SEC championship game, 13 tackles and a sack against Oklahoma in the uh, national semifinal game. So he is a guy that has just made a ton of plays. He is all over the field. He's always by the ball. And he is a disruptive player despite his size. Chicago's a top 10 defense a year ago, um, and I think they just got better. This is a very good player uh, who could possibly um, play really early and really well for the Bears uh, to begin with. And and again, their defense has been coming on. San Francisco is next on the clock. Really interesting to see where they go. Uh, Oakland, Miami would follow. Then Tampa Bay, Washington, and Green Bay at number 14. Um, You look at some of the players that are still out there, guys. I started to run down the list. Minka Fitzpatrick. Patrick, the quarterback, Josh Rosen. Fitzpatrick's a, a safety cornerback uh, type. Derwin James, a big play, strong safety type. Uh, Tremaine Edwards, a linebacker. Um, uh, Vita Villa, uh, a defensive tackle, probably the best run-stopping player in this draft, is, is still on the board. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, Calvin Ridley at wide receiver. Marcus Davenport, uh, edge rusher. Um, it'll be interesting to see what's still there, but I wonder if the Packers are thinking about trying to move up here in these next couple of picks, John. It looks like uh, San Francisco's pick is in, so right now uh, the most likely scenario was a trade-up from 14 for Green Bay up to 10, and you could do that with a third-round pick under the draft value chart. So uh, speculation was Oakland was looking for an offensive tackle, but so is Miami, and would would Oakland trade back with confidence that a McGlinchey of Notre Dame would still be there at 14? And uh, assuming San Francisco doesn't take Edmonds, would that be a target of Green Bay at 10? Yeah, man. It, and again, um, the other question you have to ask yourself at this stage of the game, guys, is there somebody worth moving up to get yeah. still left on the board? You know, as far as the Packers are concerned, what do they think about the players that I just mentioned that are still on the board? But the San Francisco pick uh, will be announced here momentarily. 
Did you get any uh, uh, pre-warning? I believe this is going to be Mike McGlinchey, the tackle from uh-huh. Notre Dame, which hmm. I think is an interesting pick. Now, the 49ers did have that as a need, but I don't know that a lot of people really thought that McGlinchey would be a top-10 selection. As we mentioned a couple of times already, it's not a particularly strong year at offensive tackle, which is normally a money position and very much a position that is in need yep. uh, in, in the NFL draft. And we may only see two or three tackles going here, and we may not see another tackle go for another 10 picks or so. It is Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, um, yep. So interesting that maybe the 49ers wanted to trade back, but uh, a deal just simply wasn't there. Oakland was another team. They're on the clock now You know that might have gone tackle as well. Uh, I don't know that the Raiders have that need for the edge rusher, but inside linebacker. So is this a spot for Tremaine Edmonds of Virginia Tech? Uh, you know they need a little bit of defensive uh, help as well. But um, I have to say this is not quite the way I thought the top ten was going to pan out. Of course, it almost never is. But um, I definitely think if you're looking at secondary help, Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, still out there for the Packers. Let me tell you a guy that was kind of connected with the Raiders um, a few weeks ago, and and then I didn't hear anything else about it. And, and he seems like a Raider pick. Orlando Brown, the 6'8", 360-pound Oklahoma junior, uh, a huge human being. His uh, late dad, Zeus Brown, played in the NFL for 11 seasons. And there was a, a, I heard out of Oakland that uh, the Raiders were interested in this guy. You know, he's kind of yeah. one of their kind of guys. Uh, boy, it seems like it might be a little bit of a reach here. <laughs> I would but think so. Also, uh, and, and this is where... Uh, let, let's watch here. Safety is a is a yeah. position of need for Oakland. So you know, could this be one of the two guys that we mentioned here? Um, after that, you've got Miami at number eleven, Tampa Bay at number twelve. Now they traded back with Buffalo. The Bills taking uh, Josh Allen at number seven, and in the process, Tampa Bay picked up two second round picks from Buffalo, the fifty third and fifty sixth overall picks. And Buffalo, aside from moving up to the seventh overall pick, got the two hundred and fifty fifth. Uh, overall section, which I believe is the second to last, uh, or pretty close to it. Uh, so uh, Tampa Bay there at number 12, and again, that's a team that had a lot of secondary needs uh, as well. So uh, if, if you're wondering here, you know, again, it's, the big question is, can Green Bay get themselves an immediate impact player at number 14? A name I want to throw out uh, to you guys, because um, I've been thinking about this guy from the star, and that's Harold Landry from Boston College. Yep. Um, you know, a, a hybrid defensive end, outside linebacker type. Huge numbers in uh, in 2016. 16, yeah. Um, was injured last year, so, you know, didn't play in the final five or six weeks of the season. His numbers were a little bit off. Um, Ten forced fumbles combined between 2015 and 2016. Sixteen and a half sacks uh, in 2016 as well. And, and it appears that we, uh, here we go, have a trade here. The Arizona Cardinals are now uh, on the clock. Now, that's interesting because Arizona had the number 15 pick, which is one spot behind Green Bay. So the Raiders, with all those secondary needs, will now be picking behind Green Bay. This, this was a pick where I believe that Arizona traded up to get ahead of Miami to mm. probably take Rosen here. Uh, they, I think they needed a quarterback, and there's rumors that Miami was going to take a quarterback. So I think that's what's happening. If that's the case, Green Bay's pick just got one more Pick better. Yeah. Uh, improved by one. Rosen officially sliding from what you guys think. I mean, you know, projections I, were fairly high for him. I, yeah, I, I feel like I was probably a little bit higher on Rosen than a lot of people, but this was the real question. I mean, I don't know that many people thought coming into the last 48 hours that Baker Mayfield would go overall number one. I think there was a lot of thinking that Mayfield would still be there when Arizona picked at, uh, at number 15. And, you know, again, would, would the first three picks go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback? 
ended up not being the case here. But, John, I think you're right. Uh, you know, they signed Sam Bradford in the offseason, but that's a one-year deal. Um, so it appears as though th- this would be Josh Rosen. You know, we're looking at, what, uh, 10th overall. I, I I think that's about an appropriate spot here. So we're going to end up having the, the four guys going in the top ten, which is what was expected. Yeah, and uh, I believe first time in a while, a long time, that that's actually happened. So I don't know that that's ever happened. I don't honestly. think it is. You're right. It, it probably never has happened at top ten. Uh, at any rate. Uh, so we'll see if that's the pick that the Cardinals make. They have 320 to go on the clock. Really give you a quick rundown for those of you who kind of uh, joined us a little bit late. Somewhat of a surprise, Cleveland picked Baker Mayfield, the quarterback out of Oklahoma, the Heisman Trophy winner with the first pick in the draft. The Giants did not go quarterback like a lot of people speculated they might. They took uh, Saquon Barkley, the running back out of Penn State. The Jets, uh, the third pick in the draft, took Sam Darnold, the quarterback out of USC. Number four pick to Cleveland, Denzel Ward. This was a surprise, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Uh, Denver, number five, Bradley Chubb, the edge rusher out of NC State. I'm sure they're really happy about that pick. Indianapolis from the Jets, Quentin Nelson, the offensive guard in Notre Dame. Number seven pick went to Buffalo via trade with Tampa Bay. They took Josh Allen, the quarterback out of Wyoming. Number eight, Chicago, the uh, linebacker, Roquan Smith from Georgia. Number nine pick in the first round, Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Mild surprise that may be mm-hmm. there. So uh, with Arizona selecting here at number 10, the uh, trade details uh, Oakland trades back to the 15th overall pick. They get a third-round pick, the 79th overall, and a fifth-round pick, the 152nd pick overall. And uh, that's all for Arizona for the right to trade up to this uh, number 10 pick here. Uh, Miami, number 11, Tampa Bay, 12, Washington, 13, and then you have the Packers uh, at number 14. So, you know, again, you, you start to do the math here, and, and you still have uh, the two safeties um, that are on the board. And you look at Miami and you think, well, okay, defensive line is is probably a a bigger need than anything else. I don't even know that Miami needs help uh, in the secondary. Washington, another team that might look at secondary, they need some edge help. They need some defensive line help uh, as well. Tampa Bay is a team that needs a, a cornerback and defensive lineup. So a lot of defensive needs here between now and the Packers. Yeah, pick. you know, and um, a pick that has been a uh, player that has been associated with Miami is is the uh, the kid out of Washington, uh, Vita Via, uh, defensive tackle. And you know they let go. Um, and Sue uh, and Damakin Sue. Yeah. So uh, they have a need certainly on the defensive line, and he would appear to be the best uh, interior defensive lineman left in this draft right now. Miami picking following Arizona select. Uh, at number 11, Arizona's picking number 10 just ahead of them, and the pick is in in a few moments. We should know it. Um, but it, very interesting the way this first uh, round has gone. Not anything like what I thought. We've seen what now? Two trades uh, so far in this first round, people moving up, but um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens later in the round as well. It looks like uh, this is definitely going to be Josh Rosen, the quarterback uh, out of UCLA, which make a lot of sense for Arizona to trade up here uh, and take that selection. So they, and then, then you look at Miami, and I think you start to see again that defensive line get into uh, a, a, in, into focus here. Um, you know, and you, you look at a guy like Vita Vey, as you mentioned, Maurice Hurst as well, out of Michigan. Um, will we see a run on those interior defensive linemen, which you would think, even though Vita Vea came in for a, a visit for the Packers, a pre-draft visit, yep. you would think, just with where their roster is now, that that would not be a direction Brian Gutekunst would go in. Uh, Roger Goodell announcing the trade of the uh, uh, Raiders' pick to the Arizona Cardinals. 
Josh, Josh Rosen, Rosen yeah. the quarterback, as uh, uh, Jeff had reported, is off the board now. Uh, with the 10th pick, he goes to Arizona. Four quarterbacks for the first time ever uh, in the first 10 picks of an NFL draft. The so Miami Dolphins now on the clock with pick number 11. We will step aside. This is WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. Behind the mic and inside the clubhouse, Brewers radio voice Jeff Levering goes Brewers 360 with Gene Miller. Wednesday mornings at 8.15. Just another day at the office last night, huh? Yeah, no big deal. Major League history has never been happened before. You just never know what you're going to see when you show up the ballpark. Sponsored by Palermo's King Cheese Pizza, Winninger Compressor, and Wasco Windows. The Brewers play here. WTMJ. Hey, boaters! Cruise to Kindle Marine. We've got everything you need but the water. Got an old boat, a new boat in between. Kindle Marine. Upholstery and parts, hard to find things. The Kendall Marine, we got everything you need but the water. Like a boat loving kid in a candy store. Kendall Marine, if you have a question, we have the expertise. The Kendall Marine, hey boaters, cruise the Kendall Marine, we got everything you need but the water. Easy to find at 57th and Ryan Road in Franklin or KendorMarine.com. Gina Della from Pella. There's a rumor going around that you're into black magic. Oh, I've just been messing around with this crystal ball. Does it work? Would you like new windows for spring from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin but can't spend the money right now? Whoa, you're a mind reader too? Yes, that's true. Mm. Oh, great and powerful crystal ball. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Oh, brother. No, hang on. I see your home. It's two stories. It's a ranch. With a basement. No basement. All right. No basement. And the year is 2020. The beautiful new windows you purchased this spring from Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin look just as spectacular two years later, except you're richer. Yeah, right. No, really. You could make this happen. The deal is real. Right now, make no payments with no interest for two years at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I get it now. I could really enjoy spring with incredible new windows and invest the money because I won't owe anything until 2020. Exactly. Visit PellaWI.com slash This is Steve Scafidi. When will State Senator Lena Taylor address the real question? Did you say it or not? I'll ask my Friday Forum guests that question when they join me at 11.07. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Cruising along here through the first round, the Miami Dolphins on the clock with pick number 11, three picks away from the Green Bay Packers, who have the 14th overall selection. Welcome back to WTMJ.com, Packers Drive Central. We were reminiscing uh, before about when it was the draft was a two day <laughs> event, and that was when the, the first round was 15 minutes per selection oh. and took like five hours. It was excruciating. We, we've been a little bit more than an hour here, and uh, we're already on, on pick number 11, so we are we are cruising along here. And the pick is in. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll see in a minute. Uh, Miami uh, <laughs> selecting here at number 11, Tampa Bay, who traded down uh, with Buffalo at number 12, and then Washington at number 13. It's a little bit murky here. 
Um, I think what Miami's going to do, the thinking is defensive tackle um, with the loss of Indama Kinsu and um, with Josh Rosen having just selected by Arizona. Um, you also have Washington, and there's a number of different directions that the Redskins can go in, but a guy that we were talking about in the break who now comes into focus, and that is Lamar Jackson, the quarterback from Louisville, who seems like he's the best available quarterback. Um, there was talk of New England with their two uh, number one picks. Would, would they perhaps uh, trade up as well? Who would be available now, or what team would be willing to trade up now, would have that desperation to trade up now? There was also talk earlier today that both Baltimore and Seattle were looking at trading back. So, you know, we were wondering in the first hour, could the Packers trade up? Obviously, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. They may not need to do that. They also may not be able to trade back uh, either, so they may have to pick that, stay in uh, with that number 14 pick after all. And uh, as we mentioned, the pick is in, and the commissioner should be making his way to the podium momentarily here. Um, but at any rate, this is uh, it, it'll be interesting to see again right here. Um, and Roger Goodell is uh, gesturing to the strolling. crowd a little bit and strolling <laughs> and pointing at the Dolphin fans. <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick oh uh, goes to the Dolphins. He's the safety cornerback, uh, one of the most versatile defensive backs in in this draft. Of course, I just said that the Dolphins didn't appear to have a need uh, in the secondary, so of course they take Fitzpatrick. So a couple of things um, here. Minka Fitzpatrick is, um, I think of the two safeties, he's a lot more of a cover guy than Derwin James um, is. And while at Alabama, he did a little bit on the perimeter work, um, slot cornerback, played in your, your traditional safety uh, position as well, and seemed like if you were looking specifically for coverage help, that he would be a very good fit for Green Bay. Obviously not going to be the case here uh, with Miami taking Fitzpatrick. So the big name that's out there now for secondary help, Derwin James. Derwin James, and everybody, a lot of the uh, draft uh, draft Knicks had uh, targeted him for Tampa Bay with the seventh pick of the first round. Tampa Bay moves back, gets two second-round picks, number 53 and 50, uh, and now uh, has an opportunity, if they want, if that's the way they're going to go, Derwin James is there, and they could get their guy, even though they move back from number seven all the way back to number 12. Uh, Then it's Washington, then Green Bay uh, on the clock after the uh, selection um, coming up from Tampa Bay. Uh, just really interesting. Now, from a Packers standpoint, uh, who's still out there? Who's in your bullpen? Uh, the defensive backs have been kind of picked over a little bit, but uh, Tremaine Edmonds, you figure, is going to be there. Um, you know, Jari Alexander out of Louisville, the cornerback, uh, possibly could be there. Marcus Davenport is still on the board. Is it too high to take uh, that uh, youngster out of Texas San Antonio? Um, only time will tell, but Minka Fitzpatrick, a guy that I know the Packers would have loved to have had, mm. is off the board. One unfortunate thing was the Packers and Redskins tied for the best record for their uh, record last year. And the second tiebreaker was strength of schedule. They tied on that, too. Then there was a tiebreaker with common opponents, and one opponent for Washington lost, then uh, and one for, against Green Bay. So they were able to get to 13 rather than 14, and that might come into play right now because Green Bay could would be sitting a lot better at 13 than they would at 14. It's a, it's a shame that they lost that tiebreaker to so, Washington. So it was the, the common opponent's tiebreaker. It was a common. It's, wow! <laughs> it was the second tiebreaker. I didn't know they go that deep. Yeah. I always thought it was strength of schedule, and then they did the coin toss. But it was one. I thought so too. But there's one in the middle, huh? And they then they flipped the coin. But it's unfortunate. 
Yeah, so you look at Tampa Bay on the clock here, and it seems like Derwin James would be a very good fit here considering, and of course it's a team that we saw uh, in the 2017 season that, you know, have a nice front seven, but they really need a lot of work in their secondary. The Redskins, among their many needs, outside linebacker. Is that Tremaine Edmonds? Is that where he falls? Um, so I think there's still a couple of interesting names here, but yeah, I think you kind of feel now, it's a couple of these guys, you know, slid out of the top ten we maybe didn't expect. Number 13 looks a lot better than number 14. Yeah, it certainly does. And it usually does in these situations uh, when you're coming down and you've got players uh, in your bullpen that are now crossed off because they've already been picked. I wonder if Washington might think running back here, too. Um, But, again, cornerback, as you mentioned, is a need. Uh, You know, they even defensive tackle, linebacker. It seems like everybody needs an edge rusher, don't they? I mean, who doesn't need an edge rusher? So um, it'll be interesting to see where they go. But I still think Tampa Bay is Derwin James, and I think they're really just high-fiving in that uh, draft room right now, saying, hey, we got a couple of extra second-day picks, and uh, we got the guy we had targeted anyway. By the way, uh, if you're you're wondering here what's what's going on, well, you can watch us on WTMJ.com slash StudioCam. Uh, of course, you can listen to us through the Listen Live tab on WTMJ.com or the WTMJ mobile app. You can also follow instant updates on our WTMJ second screen coverage of the draft at WTMJ.com. Of course, you can tweet us uh, as well, Jeff underscore Falconio, at Wayne Larravee, and uh, at Marquette Hoops. Is that you, John? Yes. All right. Excellent. Um, I read, I think it was Aaron Nagler who speculated that Washington might go running back. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Sony Michelle from Georgia, because we know Alex Smith is captain checkdown. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, you're right. You know, in the presence of Kareem Hunt last year uh, in Kansas City, uh, really stepped Smith's game up. So, you know, here's another thing. Of course, this is not a surprise. Wide receivers are all still on the board. Yeah. Redskins maybe surprise and and get another weapon for Smith. Yeah, and they added uh, Paul Richardson in the offseason through the uh, free agency process. I'm not sure wide receiver would be on their radar necessarily, but uh, when when you're looking at a position group, Jeff, and all of them are still there, you know what I mean? It's tempting whether you need one or not. Let's get the best player at that position. Uh, But at any rate, we'll see how that works out. Tampa Bay's pick is in uh, in a moment we should know, and... um, that will get us one step closer to the Packers pick coming up. Yeah, and you have to think Tampa Bay will go uh, defense here. I haven't seen uh, any chatter on Twitter yet as to what uh, the Buccaneers are going to do. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we step aside, and when we come back, we'll get you Tampa Bay's pick, and uh, we'll also get you ready for uh, two picks away, the Green Bay Packers at number 14. This is WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. This is Jeff Wagner. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, now says he's planning to take the fifth. Some people think this means the president is in trouble. I don't agree. I'll explain why at 1225 on Friday. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. And now, WTMJ's first pitch. The Brewers' run of good baseball continues, having won eight straight heading into their series opener in Chicago against the Cubs. Milwaukee did get some bad news, however, when first baseman Eric Thames went down with a thumb injury. Still, as general manager David Stearns tells Wisconsin's Morning News, having a player like Jesus Aguilar able to step in is great insurance. Depth is important, and obviously losing someone like Eric and the contributions he's made to this team over the last year plus now uh, is not easy. I don't know that we're necessarily going to replace that but we do have guys who who are very competitive major league players who are going to give us a good at bat from that first base position who are going to play well and 
Jesus is certainly among them. He's done an outstanding job all year, and this is a good opportunity for him. It's a good chance for him to play a little bit more regularly, uh, probably see a little bit more right-handed pitching. Um, so it's a good moment for him, and, and he certainly has taken advantage of his opportunity so far this year. Doug Russell, WTMJ Sports. This has been WTMJ's First Pitch. This is Steve Scafidi. Is there a message out there for conservatives when Kanye West makes the argument for freedom of speech and thought and he gets more attention than anyone else? I'll ask the editor-in-chief of the Weekly Standard Friday at 835. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Welcome back as we plow through the first round here. The Washington Redskins now on the clock with pick number 13. The Green Bay Packers next at uh, number 14. And while we were in the break, Vita Vea, the uh, mountain of a man, the defensive tackle from Washington, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. i got to say, I think this is a little bit of a surprise here. It didn't seem like defensive line, especially interior defensive line, was uh, a need here for Tampa Bay. So perhaps the Buccaneers thinking best available player. Uh, you know, maybe they felt like there's going to be plenty of cornerbacks that they can take with their litany of second-round picks that they now have. Yeah. Having uh, traded back with Buffalo, they have three second-round picks. Um, surely they can grab a cornerback there as it looked like secondary was a bigger need. So now you've got the Redskins, who, by the way, also have interior defensive line as a need as well. Derwin James is still available. Tremaine Edmonds is still available as well. So it seems like, as we really start to focus in, uh, one of those two guys could very well be the pick for Green Bay. I'm thinking the same thing, Jeff. I'm thinking it's either going to be Derwin James or Tremaine Edmonds, whoever's left on the board after Washington makes their pick. I guess it's possible they both could be on the board. And then what do you do? Where do you go there? Yeah, and so here's the thing with this this Vea pick. Of course, you know we know Tampa Bay strength. If you look at a guy like Gerald McCoy, you know, yep. a very good interior defensive lineman, very good at getting to the quarterback. Vea's a, a more of a run stuffer, mm-hmm. a space eating, you know, kind of a guy. But I think what's interesting is as we looked at. You know how tackle is just—it's not a strong year, and there isn't really a great uh, sense of urgency to get a tackle here in the first round. But guard, meanwhile, is Quentin Nelson. You know, goes uh, pretty early. We may see a couple of other guards go here in the first round, and that's uncommon. I have to wonder if a big part of it is we're seeing a little bit of a trend of getting that pressure up the middle, of getting those impact defensive linemen, yeah. Aaron Donald, Gerald McCoy. Uh, and Dominican suit, you know, those kinds of guys, and is now starting to put some emphasis on the interior part of the offensive line. Of course, edge rusher still very much in need. Everybody wants an elite edge rusher, but now it seems like teams are starting to think about ways that you can get pressure up the middle. And again, so you look at the center guard combination and how important that is going to be for some teams uh, as we watch the first round unfold. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Jeff. Uh, again, two offensive linemen have gone. Uh, Quentin Nelson, the offensive guard out of Notre Dame, sixth pick in the draft to uh, Indianapolis. And Mike McGlinchey uh, to San Francisco, the number 9 overall selection of the first round of the draft, offensive tackle Notre Dame. Now, if you're the Green Bay Packers, and let's talk a little bit more about their situation on the offensive line. All right, just in case, mm. we've seen some surprises, and, you know, we may see a, pr- a surprise uh, in, in two picks here uh, when the Packers are on the clock. But offensive tackle, if you're thinking, and again, 
Um, they've asked Brian Bulaga to take a pay cut. He has refused. Um, the, from what we're told, from what was reported by Bob McGinn of Bob McGinn Football, longtime beat writer on the Packers. So if you're thinking offensive tackle, you've got uh, Connor Williams out there. You've got Colton Miller out there. Josh Spriggs and Brian Bulaga both coming off injuries. Um, questionable as to, will either one of them be ready for the start of training camp? I think that uh, Spriggs has a better chance uh, than Bulaga does of being ready and able to play at training camp. Two tackles out there. Connor Williams out of Texas, the offensive tackle. Colton Miller mm. out of UCLA. Early in the process, Jeff, I heard from a lot of people that they thought Colton Miller might be the best tackle in the draft. Yeah, and I think Connor Williams uh, is in that discussion as well. Um, the thing is, you know, again, just the, the emphasis isn't there on tackle, so you get the sense that um, these are guys that are, you know, day one picks to be sure, but probably aren't going to go until we get into the 20s. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what, what's interesting about that is once you get past those first three guys, McGlinchey's already off the board, Williams, Miller, and maybe even Orlando Brown, it really thins out uh, at tackle, and you may not be able to, you may not need to get a tackle, you know, until you get into the fourth round. Of course, the Packers have a ton of picks. Uh, in day three. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach the offensive line and looking to replenish some depth there. And of course, also really not knowing what the right side of the line is going to look like on week one. Absolutely. Uh, Again, um, the pick is in now for Washington. We'll know it in a moment. I really think it's probably going to be Derwin James, uh, the safety. That's just my guess right now. And then the Packers, will they pick Tremaine Edmonds, uh, the highest-rated linebacker uh, left in the draft? And again, uh, Jeff, more of an inside guy, would you say, runs a 4-5-4-40. Well, Edmonds is an interesting guy because if you compare him to Roquan Smith, he's much bigger. Okay. Um, And and I think overall he is a, a... Really, he might even be a better linebacker, but I don't know that he has that elite quickness, uh-huh. uh, you know, to, to get to the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know that he has the explosion to get to uh, the quarterback. And I think a lot like Smith, though, a guy that you can play inside, but if you're going to play him outside, probably more of a right outside linebacker than a left outside linebacker where you would put um, your, your pass rushing specialist. And I believe this is going to be another defensive tackle here for Washington, Deron Payne. Wow. So we mentioned the Redskins had a little bit of the need um, inside uh, their defensive line. So another Alabama defensive player goes, this has got to be almost best-case scenario here for the Packers because you have an edge guy or potential edge guy in Edmonds. We're talking about you know more of a right-side linebacker if you want the depth there. But Derwin James um, is a guy that strikes me as a Morgan Burnett type of a safety. I, I think you can put him in the, in the slot position in coverage. Uh, you can put him up at that linebacker position. He is good against run support. He can get to the quarterback as well. He had a handful of sacks uh, in his college career, and he's kind of a he may not really have a position. He's maybe like a Jabril Peppers kind of a guy, and that you can put him in a number of different spots on the field, which could be a plus, but might also be a minus because you may not know exactly what his identity is, but. Doesn't that sound a lot like what the Packers were hoping for with Josh Jones last year? Yeah, I think so. And, and here's the thing. They've invested a second-round draft choice in Josh Jones. Would they get another safety? Would they take another player who uh, does some of the things they were asking Josh Jones to do last year and will again this year? Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, Derwin James, Jeff, is a playmaker. And he's a guy Absolutely. that people were talking about in the top uh, seven picks in the draft. I mean, this is a guy. It's kind of surprising he's still available. The other kid is Tremaine Edmund. He's the linebacker, as you mentioned. Um, good speed at linebacker, and uh, apparently we've got a we trade. Have, well, the Packers have traded down 
with New Orleans, who I believe the Saints had the number 27 pick. So the Saints are now on the clock here with pick number 14. So apparently it will not be Derwin James going to the Green I Bay guess Packers. not. Or Tremaine Edmonds. And, uh, well, we were wondering, could they trade up? Could they trade back? Could they trade back into the uh, first round, get a second first round pick? Um, so this is a huge move for New Orleans here. And we were just talking a few moments ago about the possibility of Lamar Jackson and some... Uh, Desperation there. I mean, the time is getting a little bit short for Drew Brees. I know everyone's all ramped up about Taysom Hill down in New Orleans, but what? very interesting what the Saints are doing here and what the Packers are going to get for trading back 13 spots. 13 spots uh, they trade back in the first round of the draft. One would figure, John Dodds, there got to be a second-round pick in there and maybe a third, or what do you think? I think what they're going to try to do is trade up into the strength of the draft, and that would be defensive back and then maybe um, some edge rusher, but not the elite edge rushers. So add picks, so they'll have, what, probably 14 picks, 12 to 14, Uh, and then package them and come up. Ian Rappaport uh, is uh, reporting that uh, the Saints give up number 27, number 147, that is a fifth-round pick, and next year's first rounder. Oh. So if that's the case, uh, it'll be now really interesting to see, could the Packers then trade up from number 27, since they now have an extra fifth-round pick? But now, of course, they have, uh, if this is true, they will have two number ones in 2019. Wow. Wow, that's a rare... And you know, Wayne, we were talking about how one of the, one of the drawbacks to trading up, and you know, if you want to get into the top ten, or if you want to make that big leap, you almost always have to give up next year's first round. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, coming in with, with 12 picks, it didn't seem like the Packers would trade back, but that siren's call of, of, of two number one picks next year yeah. is, is very tempting. I think you're exactly right. I mean, um, that that's uh, that's interesting what they did, and I, I'm sure that first round pick is why they, they did it. Um, the, here's another thing, and, you know, you can say this about almost any draft. There comes a certain point in terms of the talent level, where the guy you pick, like people were saying for Green Bay, the guy they get at 14 is the same caliber of player they can get at 34. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and there's that happens every year in the draft, uh, folks. That's not indigenous to this, and that's not uh, casting aspersions against this draft at all. But that's kind of the way it is, uh, generally. And so the Packers must feel like they can get um, a player at 27 that's pretty close to what they could get at 14. So I don't know. It's official now. The Saints uh, picking here at number 14. The Packers will get pick number 27. That was New Orleans' first-round pick. They get their first-round pick next year. And then uh, fifth-round pick number 147 as well. Uh, interesting point, Wayne, because um, edge rushers. All right, Bradley Chubb was the best. Roquan Smith, number two. Tremaine Edmonds, as we talked about, a versatile linebacker, disruptive kind of a player. I don't know that he's got that explosiveness that you're looking for, but you could take Marcus Davenport at number 27. I think that would be a great pick. Harold Landry at number 27 I think would be a solid pick as well. If you were to look at cornerback, now I know Derwin James certainly seemed like a very tempting pick, but again, um, not quite the cover guy that Minka Fitzpatrick is. Obviously not even a cornerback. He is more of a safety, and you have that kind of versatile player in Josh Jones. When you talk about the remaining cornerbacks that are going to be on the board, take the next four or five. I don't know that there's a great difference between those guys. Yeah. You can still get yourself a solid cornerback with a first-round grade 
that probably would have been a reach at number 14. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and again, as I said, the safety, as much as I like Derwin James, uh, they kind of have a Derwin, well, a guy who does what Derwin James would be expected to do on the roster, and he's just a second-year player. John Dodge, you talk, we talked, and I know Jeff and I talked about this, the cornerbacks. It's a fairly deep position. You can get good cornerbacks on the second and third rounds of this draft, and maybe even the third day of this draft. You can, and there was a scenario where I know we were talking in the last two weeks back and forth where the Packers trade back and take Oliver, the cornerback from Colorado, Mm -hmm. that a lot of teams like at the top of round two. So you can get that type of quality, a big corner. This guy is a kind of a locker room guy, a Craig Newsom guy, a good attitude guy. But now you can also then, you have 45, and you can – there's a there's a uh, safety from um, Wake Forest that I know they've been looking at. His name is Bates, and he's one of those Jermichael Finley types where you, the, the Packers took him a year early in the third round back in 2008 because they thought he was going to be a number one pick in 2009. So I think they're possibly going for a cornerback and then maybe a safety in Bates, and then they can come up with the uh, – with the uh, USC outside linebacker coming up into round two or round three to, to get some edge pass rush. Uh, uh, Ozwaku, I think his name is, from yep. uh, USC. So there's all sorts of things to do, but this is a, this is a rare feat for the Packers. Uh, I'm looking at the, the media guy just remembering in, in 1991, the Packers had the ninth pick, and I heard from Tom Bratz that uh, there was a – they thought they were going to take McCray, the outside, the um, tackle from Tennessee, and he was taking the pick before them. So they're at nine, and they're for 15 minutes. There was a debate what to do with about a minute to go. Philadelphia called them up and said, "Would you trade nine back to 20? We'll give you our number one pick next year in 1992." And Brad said, "Fine." They had drafted Vinnie Clark at 20, and the next year. Uh, Ron Wolf came in, I guess, three months later uh, after the season, or actually he came in in October, took that number one pick and, and traded it for Brett Favre. For Brett Favre. So there's yeah. a, a lot of things that can happen with an extra number one pick. All right, we await the uh, New Orleans selection here. The Packers have traded out of the number 14 pick. They will now pick number 27. We'll step aside. This is WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. This is Jeff Wagner. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, now says he's planning to take the fifth. Some people think this means the president is in trouble. I don't agree. I'll explain why at 1225 on Friday. Conservative talk. Wisconsin values. WTMJ. And now, WTMJ's first pitch. The Brewers' run of good baseball continues, having won eight straight heading into their series opener in Chicago against the Cubs. Milwaukee did get some bad news, however, when first baseman Eric Thames went down with a thumb injury. Still, as general manager David Stearns tells Wisconsin's Morning News, having a player like Jesus Aguilar able to step in is great insurance. Depth is important, and obviously losing someone like Eric and the contributions he's made to this team over the last year plus now uh, is not easy. I don't know that we're necessarily going to replace that but we do have guys who who are very competitive major league players who are going to give us a good at bat from that first base position who are going to play well and Jesus is certainly among them he's done an outstanding job all year and this is a good opportunity for him it's a good chance for him to play a little bit more regularly uh, probably see a little bit more right-handed pitching 
Um, so it's a good moment for him, and, and he certainly has taken advantage of his opportunity so far this year. Doug Russell, WTMJ Sports. This has been WTMJ's First Pitch. This is Steve Scafidi. Is there a message out there for conservatives when Kanye West makes the argument for freedom of speech and thought, and he gets more attention than anyone else? I'll ask the editor-in-chief of the Weekly Standard, Friday at 835. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. Well, it's been a rather eventful last uh, 15 minutes here for the Green Bay Packers. They were on the clock at number 14, traded back with the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints uh, getting the number 14 pick in exchange. Uh, The Packers will now pick 27th in the first round. They also get an additional fifth-round pick, uh, pick number 147 overall, as well as New Orleans' first-round pick in 2019. And the Saints, Wayne... Really rolling the dice here with uh, the the vintage sleeper pick in Texas San Antonio's Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport, yep. Kid with a lot of upside, kind of raw, out of the University of Texas, San Antonio. A lot of people had talked about the Packers making that pick right here at number 14. Uh, But ironically, they trade out of 14 in New Orleans, uh, takes Davenport in that spot. I'm trying to think of the angle here for the Saints because obviously they took a huge step forward in 2017, in large part because of the upgrades to their defense in both drafting and free agency as well. A missed tackle away potentially um, from going to the NFC Championship game. I think they have to know the window is small here for Drew Brees, so why take a guy that you feel like may need a full year to develop. Yeah. You know, he could end up being just a, a huge impact player. Who knows? He might end up being the best defensive player in the entire draft, but it's going to take a lot of time considering uh, how competitive the NFC South is and how short the time they're going to have with Drew Brees. Interesting to trade up that much. Um, just curious. I'm, I'm just all, all of what that, the thinking is there. Yeah, all of that is um, kind of curious in that I, I guess part of the thinking could be that Davenport by uh, 2019 uh, will be a first-round caliber talent, mm. you know, a year in the system and all that, and they get his feet wet, and that you know he would be like a number one draft choice in their defense, uh, not this next year in 2018, but 2019. Um, the, the the upside, the tease about Davenport, like so many draft picks, folks, um, you know, the draft is partly about what can you do, what's your ceiling, where can you go as a player, and Davenport's got a lot of that. He has a lot of that upside. Whether he ever reaches it or not, that who knows? But he does have upside, and he could become a great player. And the New Orleans Saints uh, are certainly banking on that, and they're probably figuring, well, we don't have a number 1 draft pick next year, but Marcus Davenport will be like that first-round draft choice. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing that, that, that I was thinking about with Davenport is I was trying to see where he would fit into the Packers scheme again is, you know, how is he against the run? Okay, he was solid, but, you know, that's Conference USA. Um, how is he in terms of dropping back in his coverage skills? Is is he there? You know, can you put your hand in the dirt? He doesn't quite have the size of a Julius Peppers, but he does have pretty good size. Um, perhaps in year one, you know, he's just a designated pass rushing specialist. Maybe he's just a third round guy. Now that's a pretty big price to pay for yeah. that first round pick. But again, yeah, he could develop fully by his second year into a first-round kind of a player, when you're thinking about where New Orleans is, how much better they got at linebacker last year, yep. um, maybe that's what the Saints are thinking. Just you know, be a, a designated pass-rushing specialist, a third-down kind of a guy, 
and you know we'll have time to develop you into a three-down guy come 2019. Oakland Raiders on the clock, and their pick is in, and we should be hearing about it in a, a moment here uh, coming up. Uh, any guess? I'm not sure here. Now, uh, Oakland had secondary um, as a need, but if I'm looking at some of the chatter here, the possibility the Raiders are going to pass on Derwin James. Um, so I don't know what Oakland is going to do here. Derwin James is uh, the He's biggest slide falling. in this draft. Is, i got to say, you know, okay, we knew the quarterbacks, you know, there was going to be a lot of um, uh, a lot of frenzy there to get the quarterbacks, perhaps two defensive tackles going. One of the big surprises here is the fact that Derwin James, like a lot of people thought was a top 10 guy, is still available here midway through the first round. Would Colton Miller, the offensive tackle, be a. There were some mocks well, that, that could had be. McGlinchey uh, as their pick, and he's been taken. We had said. Uh, now, if your guy Al Davis, John, was still out there running the Raiders, <laughs> and I know you worked for him for a long time, I wouldn't put Orlando Brown past the Raiders here. But it's a different era. It would be the fastest wide receiver. Colton Miller, Miller. Colton it Miller, is yeah. the offensive tackle. Yeah, I think when when they were initially in that uh, number ten slot, we were thinking maybe they would go tackle. Uh, but Mike McGlinchey, uh, John, as you said, went to San Francisco, so why not trade back? And, uh, you know, we were kind of wondering, all right, how many tackles are going to go beyond McGlinchey here in the first round? So that's tackle number two. So, again, Derwin James is now out there for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, but uh, so is Calvin Ridley, Jeff, and yeah. so many people have said the Ravens need another wide receiver. You know, I, I, I don't remember who wrote this, but they said Baltimore, their wide receiving core is in the same boat as Green Bay's cornerback core and that they just keep throwing bodies at it but they just can't seem to improve and at some point you just got to invest the first round pick here um so the ravens you know could they be thinking secondary but yeah now this is where it's going to get interesting for that wide receiver position yeah very deep um not a lot of flash but calvin ridley is another one of those guys i think one of maybe five or six in this draft that you can plug in right away week one so baltimore uh coming up next um and uh, it's going to be Buffalo. It's going to be Buffalo. There's another trade. Buffalo, very active in this draft. How about this? So it'll be Buffalo uh, picking number 16. Now the Bills, um, I'm thinking back to last year, they had traded down with uh, Kansas City, I believe. And so I think we kind of knew yeah. that they were going to be pretty active. Uh, yeah, because they also have another first-round pick in number 22. That, yeah, that's Kansas City's pick. Yep. Um, so that was the Patrick Mahomes trade from last year. So uh, the Bills... Um, and they already uh, took uh, Josh Allen at 7. That's right. So the Bills traded uh, up with Tampa Bay, uh, gave up a couple of second-round picks, and uh, now I'm, I'm assuming this, have to be, this must be their other first-round pick that they're trading yeah. up now uh, to number 16, which was where the Ravens were supposed Absolutely. to Absolutely, it must be, and the Ravens moved then down to number 22, you would have to figure, um, at this point in time. And, and again, maybe Baltimore uh, figures they can get their wide receiver uh, a little bit later yeah. and maybe pick up well, an extra pick along the way. You know, you, you're starting to get a sense of where this draft is going to go now. Okay, the, the quarterback frenzy is done. Um, is yet to see a wide receiver go. So, yeah, if you're a team like Baltimore – Maybe even, who knows, the Cowboys, um, you know, now without Des Bryant, those teams that might be looking at wide receiver have to feel like 
they're in a pretty good spot here. So are we going to start to see some of these teams trade back? Seattle was another team that um, sounded like they were thinking about trading back as well earlier in the day. You know, I heard this yesterday. I heard that you know the, the, the people were saying that what teams were going to do, there were a lot of teams looking to trade back in this draft. So, um, you know, and we've seen that. And like I said, Baltimore, Buffalo has been the team that's been uh, on the move up uh, repeatedly in this first round of the draft. But uh, Green Bay trades back. Several teams are now traded back. Baltimore does the same thing. And and uh, Oakland traded back out of the uh, top ten of the draft. And so uh, this, I guess that's kind of been the theme here. These guys, uh, teams trading back. Tampa Bay traded back in the draft. New Orleans traded up, of course. But um, now the pick is in for the Buffalo well, Bills. So they went pretty quick here. Yeah, and they did. So the trade details here, uh, Baltimore gets an additional third-round pick, the 65th uh, overall. Uh, and Buffalo will get uh, Baltimore's fifth-round pick. That's the 154th um, overall. So the Bills had, obviously, a lot of currency here to uh, to move up uh, twice. And, you know, another position we haven't really talked about, running back as well, mm-hmm. which, you know, for a while there was not considered to be as very gauche to take a running back uh, in the first round. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. But, you know, it goes back to something that you had talked about um, a few minutes ago, Wayne, in that, you know, when you look at cornerback, wide receiver, running back, a lot of these positions, you can get a guy here midway through the first round. You can also get him late in the first round, early in the second round as well. So we may be seeing a lot of trade and a lot of movement now between now and and the end of the night. That's usually Buffalo Bills. Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, yep. That's a guy, again, a lot of us had... Uh, kind of focused on a little bit for uh, for Green Bay. Uh, Tremaine Ed- Edwins, uh, the uh, linebacker out of Virginia Tech. Uh, inside is what they list him at. I guess he could play outside, too. He's kind of a versatile type of player. He's only 19 years old, folks, and this is another guy, uh, another typical draft-type guy where you're looking at him and you're saying the ceiling is way up there. Okay? Definitely. Yeah. He's not there now. He's not even close to the ceiling, but there is a great opportunity here to – this kid could become a great player down the road. Yeah, and I think um, when you compare him to Roquan Smith, as, as we talked about, he's Edmonds, I think, is a better overall linebacker. Um, he's, he's really a hard hitter. I mean, he is a disruptive kind of a guy. Can get to the quarterback, maybe doesn't have the, the explosiveness that Smith has, but certainly has the size. And, um, you know, when looking at what the Bills wanted to do here, I think we knew quarterback was number one, but linebacker was a position that they were definitely looking at. So they have filled two of their big needs here already. All right, the L.A. Chargers are next up, uh, barring a trade, and we're starting to see a flurry of them here in this first round. But, you know, it's interesting that uh, despite these trades, we haven't seen this uh, round slow down whatsoever. They make a pick, the team knows what they want to do with it, and they do it, you know. So it's been, uh, in that regard, it's uh, the the first round has moved along nicely. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, Tremaine Edmonds, another guy that you look at, uh, uh, again, Marcus Dabb, Davenport. These kids um, not quite ready to help you out immediately, um, but could be stars down the road if everything pans out well. I think it's interesting um, to see just exactly what the Bills are going to look like this year. I mean, again, they finally broke through last year, um, so they're obviously going to be different at quarterback, and whether it's going to be McCarron or whether it's going to be uh, Allen, um, especially when, when the Bills play the Packers, remains to be seen. Edmonds is a guy that I think you know, you can you, obviously there's there's development here everywhere, and I think you can give him a little bit of rope here to develop. But is also a guy that should be able to contribute right away. Okay. Um. So I, it is interesting what Buffalo is doing. So you get the L.A. Chargers 
Um, now on the clock, Derwin James uh, is still out there. We're still waiting for the first wide receiver to be selected, but this is yet another team um, that has a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, still on the board, highly rated players. Uh, uh, Jerry Alexander, the cornerback out of Louisville. The number one receiver, a consensus seems to be in this draft, is Calvin Ridley, wide receiver out of Alabama. He's still out there. Um, you know, Josh Jackson, the cornerback from Iowa, is still on the board, and so is Harold Landry, the outside linebacker, pass rusher from Boston College, and DJ Moore, wide receiver out of Maryland. Leighton Vanderesh, you and I talked about him a little bit in the play by play podcast yeah. a couple of weeks ago. He's the outside linebacker out of Boise State. Another one of those guys, uh, the projection of his ceiling is, is maybe greater than what he can bring right now. Huge, but raw um, when you yeah. talk about his upside because not a lot of experience uh, at Boise State. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking here as, as you know, you, you look at cornerback, and again, I think, I think you can go round two, maybe even round three, uh, and still get uh, a cornerback. Again, the coverage is, is important here, but with the two free agent signings that, that they've made here in the offseason, I think you feel a little bit better about where bit. they yeah, are absolutely. Uh, you know, at, at that position. Safety, um, another name that we took, talk about Josh Jones. What about Kentrell Bryce? Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about his development? Uh, they like him. The coaches love Kentrell Bryce, a hitter in that secondary. They feel he's smart. He has good awareness. Um, they're high on him, Jeff. And, and I think, again, you know, we're on the outside. We're all looking on the outside, looking in. We have a very, and I think you could say this about any media core uh, covering any NFL team, we have a different view of the Packers than they have Certainly. from within. Okay? So they look at things a little bit differently than we do, and, and you have to respect that. Yeah, no question about that. And, and you know, I'm just thinking, okay, Josh Jones, you know, is a guy that you look for that versatility. Kentrell Bryce, as you mentioned, we know is a hard-hitting guy. That's a lot of what you get with Derwin James. Sure. So, you know, maybe you can get by with, with what you have on your roster now and, again, still look at, you know, again, even late here in, in the first round or, or tomorrow is something that, uh, uh, you know, that they can think about. When you look at the edge rusher, though, um, Clay Matthews, the value there is he's a guy that can still play all over the field, left side, right side, inside as well, though he's not the elite player that he once was. Nick Perry has to stay healthy, has not been able to do so, although uh, not a bad year for him you know, in terms of, of getting to the quarterback. Um, and then you have the two young guys in Fackrell and Beagle, and you know, you're just looking for that next step. Yeah. Um, you know, More so, I think, from Fackrell than Beagle, considering um, how much farther along he is. But it still feels like, you know, again, when you look at the strength and you look at the depth at cornerback and safety, I'm actually okay with them not, you know, addressing coverage just yet. But you still have to believe at outside linebacker, you know, and an edge rusher, Harold Landry, um, Leighton Vander Esch, Arden Key out of LSU, yeah. you know, who seem like eh, maybe more of a second round guy. But if you're number 27, I, I think would be a little bit appropriate. You still have some edge rushers out there. You know, we knew that after Bradley Chubb, it was going to get pretty thin. At that position, anyway. Absolutely, uh, no question about it. And you know, Jeff, the other thing you you look at with this team and where the Packers are right now, um, they need. You, you know, we talked about the guy. I have a question on um, Kyler Fackrell has played behind Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. His opportunities a little bit limited in that regard. We didn't see anything, um, and it's unfair to say it this way, but we didn't see anything from Beagle mm. when he came back. But again, he missed all of the offseason program after the draft. He missed almost all of training camp. Um, I think he was on the field for the first day of training camp. And so, you know, he played special teams and actually did pretty well on special teams. But I wonder, when go back to last year. What was your 
what was your pitch on him? What did you think of him coming in? What can we expect from him based on what the scouts were saying last year? On, on Beagle? Yes. Uh, you know, I actually felt like he had the potential to be more of a well-rounded player than T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, again, thinking that, okay, if you, if you think Fackrell is ready to take the next step, um, you know, if you think you have guys, Reggie Gilbert, ready to take the next step, I think he was a guy towards the end of 2016 who looked like he was ready. Um, I, the Chargers have made the pick. I believe this is going to be Derwin James um, with the, the 17th overall pick. But I felt like Beagle was a guy that, you know, has a lot of experience and is one of those guys that for, you know, uh, the first pick of, of day three is yep. pretty developed. And, you know, is a guy that should be able to come in and contribute. But as you mentioned, you end up getting hurt, so it's really kind of a, a quote-unquote redshirt season for Beagle. I got high hopes for him, honestly, here in year okay. number two. Yep, and, and hopefully that he'll attain that uh, uh, because they certainly need him uh, as a pass rusher. And Kyler Fackrell, people wondering, will he make the next step up? Now, it's been three years, so, uh, you know, we'll see. A lot of times players are what they are after year two. Derwin James goes to the uh, L.A. Chargers, pick number 17 of the first round. So, John... Uh, uh, the great slide is over. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can put that one to bed. Then, oh, great! Uh, you mentioned you're talking about uh, Beagle. I had talked to some Badger people in the know about uh, about Watt, and they mentioned to me. I said, "Would you, I said Would you rather have if you were the Packers? Would you rather have Watt at outside linebacker, or would you rather have King and Beagle?" And all three of them said. They'd rather have King and yep. Beagle. And the reason is they thought that uh, Watt's knee, he had three serious knee operations, and they thought that it would be too risky long-term for the Packers. And that one of the reasons why Watt left early was because of the knees. So they were really high on Beagle. And if he can get that foot corrected. Yeah, you see, he's got an injury issue, too, that, that could be you know, um, a problem. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, he sure had energy, though. It, it he sure like, does. And, yeah. he, you know, John, the other thing he has is the instinct. You know what I mean? He could tell this guy's been around football. You can tell it's in his blood. It's in his family. We're told there's a trade going on right now and, between the Packers and Seahawks. And Green Bay back on the clock here. Uh, Seattle, we talked about earlier today, there was chatter that they wanted to trade out uh, of uh, was the number 18 pick. And so the Packers, who had the number 14 pick, <laughs> traded back to number 27 with New Orleans, now trading up to number 18 with Seattle. And of course, we mentioned they have the capital to do it because after that New Orleans pick, they now have 13 picks um, here in this uh, draft. And um, we don't have the details of the trade just yet. <laughs> but um, all right, well. Seattle didn't have any th- second or third round picks. Coming into Coming the draft. In, okay. That's why they wanted to trade back. Ah, makes sense. So um, we'll see what the Packers gave up here for this selection. So, um, Well, the Packers have a second-round pick, and they have a 45-second and a third, uh, two-fourths. Two, yeah. Now what, three-fifths? Actually, a four-fifths. Four-fifths, okay. Yeah. Four. For, I'll take another one of the four fifths. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Another maker's mark. Four fifths. Let's go. And they can trade all those comp picks now to those compensatory yeah, picks. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> some, perhaps a little bit of a shame here that uh, if it's not whiskey, then what is it? I mean, come on. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Derwin James is off the board. So yes. uh, all the wide receivers um, still available. All of the cornerbacks outside of Denzel Ward. Uh, is still out there as well. Uh, anyone catch your eye here, Wayne? 
Uh, you know, two guys would Josh Jackson possibly the Iowa cornerback or did not run a good time in the forty. Um, Harold Landry, if you want a pass rusher, Harold Rand, uh, Landry is the guy. Uh, the Seahawks get the Packers third round pick. Is that what we're told? Third round pick from Green Bay to Seattle. Third and sixth round picks. Okay. Um, so they still have John's four-fifths. Uh, it's cooling in the freezer right now. <laughs> but at any rate, um, it's, uh, those, are, those are two players that jump out. I mean, maybe Jerry Alexander. Isn't he a little bit undersized for what they like at cornerback, yeah, Alexander? And, and, you know, Alexander, I, I think as a slot cover guy, is okay. I, I wonder how he would be out on the perimeter. Yeah. I don't know that he's quite ready for that just yet. But then again... They may not need that here in, in, in his first year if, if that ends up being the guy. I yeah. think Josh Jackson is a really good pick here. You know, the only question in him was this the 40. I believe it was 4-5-3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, could have been a little quicker than that. And, of course, I'm sure if the Packers make this pick, uh, their scouts probably have a better time than that on him. Uh, One-year wonder at Iowa. Uh, and the thing you look at it, but what a year it was, Jeff. Yeah. Three interceptions in the big upset of Penn State. Eight interceptions overall. He was outstanding. He's 6-1. has all the things you look for in a cornerback playing in Green uh, Bay. Upside with uh, a guy like Jack. Is his coverage, as you mentioned, is outstanding. Yep. Didn't, didn't give up a touchdown uh, after week four. Um, but um, physically, uh, you know, I, I, is he there? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the big question mark for me. I, again, the coverage is fine if it ends up being Jackson. Um, but when I look at, again, the cornerbacks that are on the board here, um, Alexander from Louisville, again, I think a good perimeter guy or a good inside guy. Don't know about him on the perimeter. Mike Hughes. Is physical, but maybe a, a touch below where guys like Jackson and Alexander are in coverage. John and Dame that you mentioned like an hour ago, Isaiah Oliver, to me, is very intriguing because I think he has good but not great size, good but not great speed, good but not great coverage ability. And he kind of brings a lot of things to the table. He may not be great, but he's going to be good. And he's impressed everyone that he's interviewed with. Yep. And the Bears want him. I don't think he lasts past 39, so he'll be taken sometime here. You know, the other thing, you, you look at him, um, he does not have a lot of experience at the position because I believe he went to Iowa as a wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, 14 career starts. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the Packers will get number 248. That's Seattle's seventh-round pick. The Seahawks uh, get the number 27 pick. The Packers' third-round pick, that's number 76 overall, and a sixth-round pick, that's number 186. And, uh, and we'll the Packers wait here. The, the three pick sevens. is in. That means the Packers have three seventh-round picks. Okay. Well, uh, this is going to be interesting. The Packers have traded twice here in the first round of the draft under uh, Brian Gutekunst. Well, he's been aggressive. You, you know, that's the thing. That's just it. I, you know, I kind of th- thinking there with when we first heard the news of, of the trade back uh, that a lot of people were thinking, uh, what's the shades of Ted Thompson here? Where's that aggressiveness? Uh, but, yeah. you know, we see it here as uh, the Packers move back up to the number 18 selection. And, and you would figure, guys, they've got a player in mind here uh, that they went after, after the Derwin James pick, or maybe even before that. But when Edmonds and James came off the board, the Packers have uh, a player here that they had to be targeting. The chatter uh, is uh, this will be Jair Alexander from Louisville. Hmm. So we'll see what uh, Roger Goodell, making that stroll once again. He's a great punt returner, too. Yes, he is, yep. It's giving the trade details uh, yeah. here. So again, so the Packers have now an additional seventh rounder. Mm-hmm. And they gave up a third rounder and a sixth rounder. Yep. Jair Alexander, yeah. there it is. All right. 
Um, you know, I got to tell you something, guys. The thing I like about this kid, 43840. Uh, the Packers need speed at cornerback. Uh, Kevin King is a good, fast cornerback, especially for a guy of that size. Alexander's even faster, 4-3-8-40. The Packers got a little faster in their secondary with this pick. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that that's one of the things, um, you know, you, you think about giving up the explosive plays. You know, again, Alexander is, is going to need a little bit of development here, uh, but Again, all these guys at cornerback do. I mean, it seemed like, all right, Denzel Ward, we knew he was going to be a top-ten pick. Probably not uh, on the Packers' radar unless they were going to trade up. But then when you look at everybody else, there's a little bit of flaw among everybody. But at number 14, is it maybe a little bit much to take you know, the second cornerback in the draft? Mm-hmm. I know we're only talking about moving back four spots, but you know, considering that, you know, again, the, the picks that they picked up and the picks that they're giving away here, uh, I think this is a pretty good spot here. Um, he uh, was outstanding in 2016, five interceptions. Last year had a banged-up knee, sprained knee, uh, played through it. Uh, but, you know, that he's got kind of a slender build. But what he has is speed, uh, folks, and the scouts say he's twitchy and quick. And you like to have a guy at cornerback who can who is that? I mean, you've got to be able to flip your hips. You've got to be able to make uh, uh, make quick decisions and have the physical attributes to be able to get to receivers and, and make the tackle or make the interception. So um, uh, Jairi uh, Alexander, out of the cornerback out of Louisville, goes to Green Bay. To summarize that trade, Green Bay dropped four spots from 14 to 18. They gave up the 76th pick, which is a third-round pick. They added a seventh-round pick from Seattle, and then they added New Orleans 2019 number one. So that was That's a, a solid haul. That is a That's solid not bad. haul. Yeah, and you know, I'm just thinking now what Alexander, you know, what his role is going to be as a rookie. Uh, again, with Tremont Williams back in the fold, Devon House back as well. You get Kevin King healthy. I think you're okay on the perimeter, right? I mean, it was it was that inside slot position. That's yeah. where it seemed like the Packers needed help, and they get it with Alexander. I think he'll start in the slot. In, in, in other words, it'll be between him and Quentin Rollins, don't you think, yeah, battling in the slot? Uh, that'll be the training camp uh, matchup. And we talked a little bit about Rollins, um, and it seemed like this is a huge year for him. It's, it's obviously a make-or-break year, and also it just gets back to one of the themes you always hear about during training camp, and I love seeing it, and that's the competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think Rollins knows his, his job is on the line, here. Who knows? I mean, he may not even make the final 53-man roster, and I think that's going to make for a very interesting training camp battle come July. Yeah, Jerry Alexander, the cornerback out of Louisville to the Green Bay Packers with the 18th pick in the first round of the draft. The Packers traded off 14 back to 27 with New Orleans and then up to Seattle's pick at number 18, uh, and they get their man, uh, the cornerback out of Louisville. So uh, again, they go defense, and again it's a cornerback, and um, you know, you look down the road and you figure that, uh, is this a kid who could grow into a starter as a number two quarterback if Kevin King develops into the shutdown number one cornerback. I think absolutely. Uh, and the nice thing is, again, you just think about the spot that he's in. He's got that ability to develop for a year or two years, um, you know, how much uh, mileage they get out of House and, and Williams. Um, so, you know, and, and then you also think about a guy like Lindsey Pipkins, who um, came on really strong, I think, under the radar yes, because, you know, the last two games of the season, you know, I mean, the Packers were out of it and. You know, Aaron Rodgers was shut down, and and you kind of forget that there were a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Pipkins was one of them 
who really finished the season nicely. So I think from a depth perspective, things are looking much better than at the end of the year. Much better than they were six weeks ago. (laughs) That's for sure. And you're exactly right about Pipkins, and he's a guy the coaches have been really high on. Uh, And again, who's to say you can't develop a a front-line cornerback from a a free agent? I mean, that's how uh, Tremont Williams was, if I'm not mistaken, a free agent pickup by the Packers. And certainly Sam Shields is the greatest case of that, uh, becoming an all-pro from uh, free agent. Jair Alexander of Louisville is the newest member of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Let's step aside here. You're listening to WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. This is Jeff Wagner. President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, now says he's planning to take the fifth. Some people think this means the president is in trouble. I don't agree. I'll explain why at 1225 on Friday. Conservative Talk, Wisconsin Values, WTMJ. Do you take air for granted? Well, some people do, but businesses cannot. If compressed air shuts off, production stops. Lost revenue most times can be avoided when a company's air compressor is serviced on a regular basis. Locally owned Wettinger Compressor has been servicing and selling air compressors in Wisconsin and surrounding states since 1932. Doesn't matter what your air compressor make or model is or where it was purchased. Wettinger Compressor is just a phone call away, 24-7. When the time comes for a new compressor, you can't beat one from LG. And no one sells more LG. LG Air Compressors than Weniger. LG Air Compressors are the only air compressors available with a lifetime warranty. To help prevent an unexpected air compressor shutdown, creating major profit loss, call Weniger to schedule an evaluation of your equipment. 800-340-7798. 800-340-7798. So when you've lost pressure, don't let it stress you. Just call up the boys at Weniger Compressor. Brewers General Manager David Stearns goes Brewers 360 with Gene Miller Thursday mornings at 8.15. Your takeaways after the homestand, sir. Takeaways, and I think I think you guys just covered it pretty well. <laughs> Sponsored by Palermo's King Cheese Pizza, Weninger Compressor, and Wasco Windows. The Brewers play here. WTMJ. Welcome back to Packers Draft Central and our coverage of a 2018 NFL Draft on WTMJ.com. A whirlwind of activity for the Green Bay Packers who started the night with the 14th overall pick traded down with New Orleans, had the 27th pick then traded up with Seattle, and at the uh, number 18 overall pick, Jair Alexander, cornerback from Louisville, is the newest member of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, so we're winding down our coverage here on Packers Draft Central. And, uh, Wayne, you and I will be back tomorrow night with Greg Matzik on a very special Sports Central from 6 until 9. And uh, now as we look ahead to the second round, uh, we got the Cowboys on the clock here. They released Des Bryant, so you think wide receivers in need. No wide receivers have gone yet. Uh, When you look at what can they do in round number two, uh, I think there's still a couple of edge guys uh, that would be appropriate with that second-round pick. Perhaps a wide receiver, and a name I'm going to throw out there from Oklahoma State, James Washington, doesn't have great size, but tremendous speed. And when you think about who you've got now with Jimmy Graham, obviously Devontae Adams as well, uh, somebody who could who can stretch the defense vertically on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. If I were to speculate, I think Washington would be that guy, and he should be there in the second round. Well, the Packers had, uh, reportedly, uh, and it was, somebody did a study on this, I believe it was the New York Times, and the Packers had uh, statistically the slowest wide-receiving core in the NFL. So uh, they need somebody who can run 4-3, and uh, this kid can do that. If that's who's there and when they make their pick, wouldn't surprise me to see them go wide receiver in the second round of this draft at all. 
speed always uh, a need, and they get a lot of speed with Jair Alexander. And you know, then you look uh, perhaps wide receiver, maybe that second round pick. They don't have a third round pick now, John. They don't. Uh, Wayne, I have a question regarding the wide receivers. Um, if they add, this is a really good draft for running backs. They could add a, a real quality running back with one of their four picks in the fifth round. And if they do, can Montgomery shift back to wide receiver or slot wide receiver? And also want to get your feelings on Michael Clark. Uh, Michael Clark, uh, you know, again, a big kid, uh, big physical receiver. Um, the thing about him, he's 6'5. Um, he has a former basketball player on uh, a fairly major college level. And the thing about him is while he doesn't have tremendous speed, he's a long strider, um, but he has great leaping ability. And there is no defensive back in the league that could out-high point him for the football. And, and I think it's just a matter of him developing. Very raw, very impressive at training camp. The Packers kind of stashed him a little bit, brought him out late last year, and uh, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on uh, at wide receiver for the Packers. But again, um, I think they need speed in this receiving core opposite uh, um, you know, Randall Cobb and, and Devontae Adams. They have the big physical player in Adams uh, that can go get the football. What, what, and you had another question. Oh, yeah, about Montgomery. Oh, I, you know what? So far they said he's a running back. Mike McCarthy said uh, at the uh, winter meetings he's a running back, and that's how they're going to keep it. Um, boy, you know, again, I, I think if you're drafting and you're saying best athlete available, there very well could be a running back there um, at number in the fourth round uh, that would be, or even fifth round, that would be the best athlete there. But they kind of loaded up on that position last year with three picks, all of which came in on the third day of the draft, yeah, it right? Did. Uh, it seemed like that was really not on the radar at all for the Packers um, coming into this draft. Of course, you never know when you get into day three and they've got so many picks. And you'd have to imagine that even tomorrow, I think it's going to be interesting to see if they stand pat. They've got a ton of picks now uh, in the third day. Will they try and get back into the third round? Maybe even uh, you know trade up in the second round uh, as well. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, the linebacker from Boise State, one of the guys that we talked about, has a potential fit as an edge rusher for the Packers, goes to the Dallas Cowboys uh, at number 19. But as we uh, wrap it up here, the Green Bay Packers trading back essentially four spots, getting an additional first-round pick in 2019 from the New Orleans Saints. Jair Alexander, cornerback from Louisville. John Dodds, Wayne Larrabee, thanks so much, guys. A lot of fun as always. Not a bad night. They get a cornerback, and they get a first-round draft choice next year. Absolutely. So, so far, Brian Gutekunst, Off and running here in his first draft as Green Bay Packers general manager. You've been listening to WTMJ.com's Packers Draft Central. Have a good night.